And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody, on a Thursday evening. Technical difficulties uh, causing us to get on the air a little bit late. Apologize for those. Thank you for sticking with us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, first and foremost, want to thank, uh, apologize also for not being on the air Wednesday for our selection special, uh, or I should say our rankings special. Um, bit a bit under the weather this week. Uh, got slammed with some kind of illness. Really don't show what. Still have it, but certainly feel better than I have the last few days. Um, but we will thank a uh, a sport drink manufacturer. I think I've drank more of this in the last few days or these kinds <clears throat> than I have since I was a college athlete. It has been a little bit. Uh, crazy for the last few uh, few days. I'm still a little under the weather, so our energy level may be a little bit lower. Bear with us, but we appreciate you tuning in again. Apologize for our delay getting on the air. That is our production trouble. Have we mentioned, by the way, our fundraiser? We are 22% of the way to our goal, and we technically only have five days left. What's the dealio, folks? Um. This is our last push. We may extend it, but please don't bet on that. Um, it is important to us, and we hope you'll consider helping us out. We'll talk plenty more about it. Certainly going to make a big push, but there's plenty to talk about in Division Three. Of course, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Um, you can... Um, Join us on Facebook where we're live streaming tonight's show, uh, simulcasting, I should say. Hoopsville, uh, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville is how you can get a hold of us. Again, our uh, fundraising efforts, 22% of the way to the goal. We hope you'll consider helping us out. Got a big uh, jolt in the arm uh, the other day, or earlier today. want to thank uh, the person who knows themselves very well for that. We'll just find out later if we can actually mention them. <laughs> um, at the same time, um, a reminder that this, uh, we've, been, we've been also told a few others who plan to donate. We just have not received the funds as of yet. Technically, it runs through Tuesday night, we believe, but we hope that people will, uh, will, will donate in the meantime. A lot of uh, broadcasts will be on the air a couple hours tonight. Uh, and then we'll be on the air extensively on Sunday. Looks like we will be hitting the air at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday to do selections. Due to me being basically sidelined for about two and a half days, man, almost three days, we're a little bit behind. But we will get that show put together here in the next 24 hours or so. Uh, we have some good ideas. We just got to see if people can join us. The problem is obviously telling, a, uh, getting a hold of people now a little bit more last minute. Literally, uh, I have not been that wiped out by something in a very long time. I am not one who gets the flu, and I kid you not. Uh, however, um, I don't know if it is the flu or some other virus, to be blunt. We just don't know is the reason I say that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it just, it leveled me is what I'm trying to get at. And I had no energy and I still have no energy. So this show is going to be a little bit more low key, but it's caused us also to be just a little bit late to the party as it were. Um, guest tonight going to be a little bit less than we normally have. Andrew, good to see you. 
Um, our guest tonight will be the union men's basketball coach. He'll be coming up here in a few short minutes. First conference tournament championship game appearance in 11 years. They defeated St. Lawrence in double OT, part of a Liberty League chaos last night. Skidmore also losing. What was really interesting in Skidmore's case is in the East, they jumped to third place in the region thanks to a 6-1 and one results versus regionally ranked opponents. Problem is that loss could hurt them. I don't think the East is as strong as everybody thought. Remember I said Oswego was looking at maybe moving into second if they hadn't lost last week? They fell to fifth. Brockport fans are probably like, well, we've been Oswego. Why are we behind? Well, you split with Oswego. So that's why you're still behind them. Got another can contribution. Did I just see that right? Got a contribution to the campaign. Let's see here. I had a suggestion from someone to suggest when someone has, uh, um, or mention when someone has donated, if they do it during the show. And so we will do so. Thank you, Ken Gibbons. A, a small but very helpful donation. We appreciate it. I can see that you may be able to notice a shot in the arm we got earlier today. Uh, I want to thank my family for that. But thank you, Ken Gibbons, for donating to the cause. Really appreciate that. Back to Skid, back to the Liberty League. So we'll talk to Union's head coach here in about five minutes. Talk to him about the big win over them. Another big game, if you did not... Uh, oh, we'll also talk to the winner of the CAC semifinal between Salisbury and York, Pennsylvania. That game has just gotten underway. We'll certainly keep track of scores tonight. We'll also talk to... Um, James Wagner out of, uh, out of the, the Atlantic region and CSAC. CSAC had an exciting uh, night last night. We'll talk to him. And basically, we'll answer your questions, and I'll take advantage of what we didn't do on Wednesday and kind of go through rankings and talk about rankings, talk about the top 25, make early ideas of what we think pool C-wise or, or what we think early indications for hosting maybe. Um, not... Not real dead set. Me being sick again for two days literally took me out of pocket. I did not open up a computer. I barely had my phone open. Got another contribution. This is awesome. Now, this is how we do it, folks. Thank you so much. Let's see who this one was from. Oh, this one's anonymous for $30. <laughs> Whoever donated anonymously for $30, thank you so much. So tonight's a chance to really talk about what we see coming. Kind of pay attention to some scores going on. Um, obviously, everything's just starting to get underway. The sales in Delaware Valley uh, delayed yesterday from one of the craziest stories you will hear. <laughs> a squirrel bit through a power line on Delaware Valley's campus, delaying their men's game. They, everyone was there. It looks like they were trying to get it going. It didn't work out. It ended up getting delayed. Um, to today, they played it at 5.30 for some reason. Keep an eye on this one. It does not look like it's going to go Delaware Valley's way. Well, it's not. A minute 50 left, and DeSales is winning 73-49 in this game. Feel bad for Delaware Valley, whose season has been tremendous. Mark Sonnenberg, the head coach, brand new head coach, first time ever head coach. Did a tremendous job there, but the team is was 0 for 12 from beyond the arc in the first half. They're 3 for 25 for the game. They're shooting 33%, while DeSales is shooting 
Uh, by the way, they're all the sales are just shooting 56% from the free throw line. Don't worry, Del Valley's shooting 44%. They may go find that squirrel. By the way, there's nothing left of that squirrel. That squirrel is done. Uh, there is a picture, and then there was a picture of the shrine to the squirrel. Knocked off, powered about half the campus, including that so crazy game there. We'll keep out of track of other games. We mentioned the um, Salisbury-York game uh, early in that one. Uh, it is 15-11 with 10-07 left. Salisbury the lead. Um, there are some finals that have come in. Guilford got past Hampton-Sydney in the ODAC tournament, so Guilford moves on to the semifinals which is good for Guilford. They need that. Um, Guilford sitting, forgive me, Guilford sitting now third in the regional rankings. Harden-Simmons moved up to first. Emory second, Guilford third. Kind of tells you just not, there's no strength in the in that region this year. Um, Texas-Dallas got past Mary Harden-Baylor. Virginia Wesleyan got past Lynchburg, 102-93. Harden-Simmons got past East Texas Baptist. That's good for Harden-Simmons. And Methodist got past Greensboro earlier today. By the way, Maryville passed Piedmont, 87-69. So we'll keep a track of those other scores. In women's basketball, already a final day. Mary Harden-Baylor passed Letourneau, 96-68. We'll keep track of some other games. Big game, Mary Washington versus Marymount going on right now in women's CAC action. Uh, Marymount on the road, lead by three with 9.54 left to go in the second quarter. Uh, we'll keep track of all these other games as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what we've got going. And, and and we'd love to talk more, but due to our getting on the air a little bit late here tonight, we're going to take our break now and get to... Um, Andrew, I will get to your... If you don't mind holding up, Andrew, I want to get to my union guest... We're going to talk to him, and then we will talk about hope for you. Just do me a favor. I I don't want to assume who you're talking about. You've been asking me about men in the past. I want to confirm you're talking about men and, and or women or both. So just confirm that with me, and we will we will get to that in a bit. Uh, if you got any other questions, you know how to get a hold of us. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Uh, Facebook us uh, or join us on the Facebook chat room. Hey. Uh, Jay Cozen, contribution is forthcoming. Do you know how to check what teams put in for the ECAC playoffs? Jay, I'll get to that question in a little bit as well. Thank you for the kind words about the donation. We certainly appreciate that as well. i got to find a way to be able to see this post a little bit better. Anyway, I'm going to take a break. Like I said, Union's basketball coach will be on the show here momentarily, and we'll talk to him about their big upset, and we'll also talk to him about other things going on in the East region. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Plenty more hoops fill ahead. We have tons of time to answer your questions. We do want to get to this coach. And then we're going to have about an hour or so to talk uh, with, with breaks, but talk before we have our next serious guest on. The WAGs will join us as well. So fire your questions our way. Send your contributions our way. Trust me, they make a difference. This computer needs to go to the shop. If I hadn't been sick, it would have been to the shop this week. That's why we were delayed getting on the air. We'll be back with more Hoopsville after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. 
When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Andrew, I saw your questions about hope. Trust me, bud. I will get them to get to those questions right after this segment. Uh, just bear with us. I know there's other questions on the uh, chat room as well, or on Facebook at least. Uh, we will certainly try and follow those uh, as much as we can as well. Um, again, tweet us questions, email us questions. We'll answer your questions. I have a couple of questions coming up, I know, for the Hoopsville mailbag segment that we will get to. Lots of good stuff on the show. So again, conference weekend. Oh, thank you, Alan Karen, with a little link there to help out Jay on ECAC Sports. Very easy and very nice of him to do that. Um, so we talked about the East region and we talked about the, the conference championships and the chaos that it can provide uh, and the, the risk it can then provide and the excitement it can provide. If you weren't paying attention to the Liberty League, St. Lawrence and Skidmore in position to maybe get at large bid. Skidmore jumping to number three in the East region. St. Lawrence sitting at number four. Looked pretty good. Both get to the championship game. Got a pretty good chance. The problem is Hobart and Union also were playing in those games and they had their own opinions about how things should play out. In Union's case, it was, well, we feel like getting back to the championship for the first time in 11 years. Do you mind if we play through? Um, and in the case of Union, they played through all right, beat St. Lawrence by two in trip in double overtime. I'm not making this stuff up, and this is why Championship Weekend is so great. And joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline is their head coach, Chris Murphy from Union. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Dave, thanks so much for having me. Uh, appreciate all that you guys do for uh, uh, promoting uh, D3 basketball, and I, I just think last night was – um, uh, just a, a typical example of why it is so great. Um, uh, it was as good a game as, as any as I've been a part of. 
Well, first and foremost, it's one of those where, you know, we're trying to keep track of what's going on around the country. And all of a sudden someone says, hey, you know, uh, Skidmore lost to Hobart. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's that's a pretty tough loss. And then immediately later, someone goes, uh, did anybody see the union score? And at about that point, I'm I'm starting to feel better from this illness I have. I felt my fever come back because I realized, oh, no, this means more work on Sunday. Um, because you 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 this is the reason we love it but it also throws so many monkey wrenches into it your guys had to have been hyped but as that game goes on and on and on i always feel overtime games start to play in the hands of the home team how did you guys stay focused how did you guys stay amped knowing what you, you know knowing you had them but at the same time not losing it you know i think it starts with our senior leadership uh, we have a group of um, four, you know, technically five seniors um, that have been playing for us as freshmen, and and they've they've been through some uh, tough experiences, um, some some highs, you know, getting off to a good start their sophomore year, you know, winning the NYU tournament, um, you know, beating Rochester back to back years, um, their sophomore junior year, to you know that sophomore year we struggled in league, you know, we thought we were pretty good and. Um, we ended up going four and twelve in conference. Um, last year, we got off to a, a one and five start. Needed a, another Deshaun Burgess miracle to, <laughs> to upset Rochester, and um, you know, then we went on a little run and, and ended up getting the second seed in, in conference. And and St. Lawrence came down to our place and, and knocked us off. So you know, I think Deshaun Burgess, Wade McNamara, uh, Zach Booten, uh, Shiraz Montaz, and, and Kevin Weckworth. You know, five guys that were going to keep the ship steady, and they all played different roles last night. Some on the court, some kind of leading the bench mob, as our guys call it. Um, but you know, I, I joked around with a couple of other coaches in our department today. You know, I just kind of sat down and got out of the way. You know, <laughs> at the end of, at the end of regulation, uh, we had the ball with with eight yeah. seconds left, and, yeah. and I called timeout and you know tried to set up a play to get Deshaun a, a, a touch and. And, you know, Chris Downs, uh, did, he, he made sure that he didn't get it back. So in uh, the second overtime, when we secured the rebound down one, uh, my assistant's telling me, hey, you got, you got a timeout left. You got a timeout left. You know, I'm standing there, and, and Deshaun has the ball, and I'm just thinking, well, I'm going to probably throw it to Deshaun anyway, so I might as well let him go right now. And, you know, lo and behold, um, he made a play. And, and you know, that's, that's what last night was. It was, you know, a lot of seniors – in St. Lawrence's case, a junior, um, Riley Niclario, just just guys making play after play, and um, you know it was uh, just just an incredible game. And, and you know, um, you know, I'm glad we came out on the winning end of it. But uh, I have just so much respect for for Chris Downs and and his seniors, Kyle Edwards, Willie Zachary, and 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 Kyle Kobus. Those guys are warriors. And it was a game that you know I told Chris I don't think either team deserved to lose. Yeah, unfortunately, those are the kind of games that, that, you know, me as a fan, it's one of two things. You don't want to see either team lose. Nothing against your players. You almost want another overtime because you're just too excited watching yeah. well, it. You um, did, but, but I couldn't have taken one, I don't think. I, I, well, I know. I know. I realize that. But, you know, you point out, again, obviously they had fouls to give uh, tied at 102 because they fouled you guys. Or us, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong spot here. Um, they had, You guys late in the half had a couple fouls to give. They fouled you a bunch of times. Yep. Um, and then you called that timeout, and then uh, Bouton hit the sh- or tried to take the shot and missed it with two seconds. 
Then the first overtime, you guys again got the last look after they had a look that missed uh, with three seconds left. Um, and then you guys got that final look. So it's really interesting that you really got three looks at it um, at the end of every point, as it were, to, 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 to try and win it on top of the fact that they had two out of the three chances had a shot themselves to ice the game. It really was a back-and-forth affair. This one really wasn't kind of dictated by anybody except maybe in the first half where you led by eight at halftime. Yeah, we got off to a, a tremendous start. One of the things that, that we've been preaching all year as a team is just be playing your best basketball in February, the end of February, when it matters the most. And, um, you know, we had a little bit of a we, – we, I think we won seven out of eight. Um, and then we had a little speed bump against RPI and Skidmore – uh, we we lost McNamara for those two games, um, and you know we uh, you know Skidmore's tough. Skidmore, I think you know they they shot 70% from three, 80% from three in the second half against us, and you know RPI uh, played well. So um, you know we we hit a little speed bump, but then uh, coming back against RIT with McNamara healthy the last weekend of the of the regular season, um, you know we we played very well uh, on the offensive end, sharing the basketball, carried that over. I thought to uh, Sunday, the final game of the regular season against Hobart. Um, and then the first half, uh, you know, I think we assisted on 11 of our uh, 20 makes, which for us is good. We, we go off the dribble a lot. And, um, and then overall, you know, I think we had 27 assists last night and three turnovers. I, I mean, I, I, that's, I've never seen or heard of a stat like that. And I think part of it is because they played zone. But, but the other piece is that um, – you know, our guys are really uh, clicking right now, I think. And um, on the offensive end, you know, I, I, I find when um, guys are, are in the flow and, and playing well, you don't have to call a lot of sets um, because, it, you know, our, our regular motion is allowed to, to uh, create open looks. And, and I, I didn't really call that many uh, sets last night. You know, it, it was um, guys just playing, making reads. And, uh, you know, you, you look at some of the, the stat lines, there's, there's not really, you know, out of 27 assists, I think we had three guys with four, one guy with five, and one guy with six. You know, it's nobody's dominating the ball. Everybody's sharing it. And, you know, oftentimes uh, uh, one of my mentors told me that, you know, the ball often finds uh, it finds the best player on the court. And, you know, last night with Deshaun, it seemed like it did. You know, our guys knew to, to get him the ball in the right places. And, um you know, he, he stepped up and, and made some big shots, including the last one. Uh, yeah, the box score, <laughs> there's a couple quirks in this box score. Um, first off, they shot 57% from the floor. You shot 47%. You shot 51% from beyond the arc, 19 of 37. They only were 9 of 21. They shot 92% from the free throw line. You shot 58%, 7 of 12. Uh, they out-rebounded you by 8 yeah, you had an incredible assist numbers, 27 uh, to just those three turnovers. They had 14 assists to 13 turnovers. There's all kinds of things in this box score that do not talk about a winner. No, I mean, figure that one out. You know, yeah. I, uh, Some of those numbers that you mentioned, I mean, they took, um, uh, I think, 11 more free throws than we even attempted, which is a, a stat that we look at. And um, You know, I uh, I look at, 
Um, the, the total number of shots that we took, though, you know, one, one of the important things for us has been um, taking care of the basketball and then trying to turn teams over. You know, I think part of the, the um, you know, we took 90 total shots. They took 67. I think part of the difference is attributed to the free throw number that they took. But also, you know, um, when you look at our offensive rebounds, like we had 12 more offensive rebounds, uh, 12 offensive rebounds, they had six. So I think we created a couple extra possessions for ourselves there. And then turning them over 13 times and, and ourselves only turning it over three, you know, that's 10 extra possessions there. So, um, you know, where they may have shot a little bit better percentage than us, we didn't have to be as perfect because we created a couple more possessions for ourselves. Um, and, and uh, you know, and also it was one of those wacky games where, you know, I think um, you could have made a case just looking at the stat sheet, oh, you know, St. Lawrence looks like they, you know, they were the team that, that won that game if you couldn't see the score. But um, it, it was it was uh, quite a night. Um, all right. So the, the typical question is, how do you get these guys ready for Saturday's game? Now, it's a little quirky because you're literally taking on the other team that did the exact same thing you did in Hobart, who knocked off Skidmore. Um, so both of you, you're coming in kind of in the same boat. Uh, not. To be blunt, I wouldn't be surprised if the first half was ugly uh, because because <laughs> both teams are like, oh, okay, uh, we've already kind of wasted our ammunition on the emotional side of things. So how do you get the guys focused and refocused on Saturday's game? I know they're ready for it because they're excited, but I mean, how do you go, guys? No, really, you got to come out ready. Right, right. You know, I I think the first thing you do is show them film of of uh, Colin Doherty, Jamal Lucas, Kakalesko, um, <laughs> and say, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge to stop. Um, but but I, I think you lean on your, your seniors. You know, I think you lean on your veterans. Um, it, it uh, you know, there, there's an excitement around campus right now being able to, you know, we didn't necessarily anticipate that we are going to be able to host the game. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think use that, use that excitement. Um and and you also uh, uh, channel their energy because because they, they have excitement too you know and they're a little worn down today but we had a you know a good practice and but channel that energy channel that excitement and 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 just you know focus on whatever's right in front of you and for us today it was it was uh, a film session and and then getting on the court for a little bit and you know how, how did we get better today and. and yeah, you know, of course, they're they're 18 to 22 year old kids. I'm sure a little part of them is is thinking about this Saturday and the opportunity there. But um, you know, I think our guys have done a good job of staying in the moment um, the last you know month, month and a half of the season, and and just reminding them. And then you know, it's, it's nice when you hear some of your your leaders um, doing the same thing, saying, "Guys, hey, we got to be better in this drill." And you know, that, I think that's how you try and um, get guys refocused or recentered. Um, but you know, I, I think the best way is how, how I let off, you know, just, just show what, what Hobart's capable of. I mean, you look at they, – they don't have a soft loss on their schedule. Um, when you look at uh, who they've played against and, and some of the teams that they've beaten, um, you know, I think they have a, a great win against Brockport. They have a win against Scranton. Um, their losses are, are twice to, to Skidmore, um, once to St. Lawrence. They went out to uh, Worcester and Ohio Wesleyan, had tough ones there. Um, I think Rochester and, and St. John Fisher. I, I, I mean, I hate to say it. I think the softest loss is us, yeah. you know, this year. So, um, and and Tim is is such a good good coach. I've known him for a while. He's someone I um, I admire in this profession. So he's going to have them ready. Um, 
you know, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a battle, and it's going to be two two really good teams competing. And and I, uh, you know, I, I know I can't wait. Um, let's talk about your team quickly. Uh, the four the next five guys I I point out are going to be seniors for anybody paying attention at home. Deshaun Burgess, if no one's paying attention, they aren't paying attention to the East Region. 19.3 points a game, 7.1 rebounds a game, almost three uh, assists per game. Also has 21 blocks and 26 steals. Uh, Wade McNamara, 15.9 points a game, 10.2 rebounds. That's nice to have a double-double when you average it. Two assists a game on top of that, 28 steals as well. Uh, 10.4 points both. Greg King and Kevin Weckworth and Zachary Bounton. I bring him up because he's a senior. 6.1 points a game. Also, the second highest on the team at two and a half assists a game, including the assist on the game winner uh, last night. I, I know Union has not been where probably you would love it to be, but these seniors have certainly invested a lot in this squad. Um, it's obviously great to get this win, but as you've indicated, they've got more on their plan. They got more on their plate, don't they? Oh yeah. They, um, with with that group, Greg, Greg's actually. Um, He's he's the only junior. The other the other four guys um, are seniors. Um, they're you know they're they're focused um, on on bringing Union back uh, uh, you know another championship right now. It's it's crazy to say, but the last time that that Union was in a championship game, I I was a starting point guard. As scary oh, as, wow. as that might be, and um, you know 2004 five season. Uh, we we went out to Hobart. It was uh, at the same site. Uh, we uh, <laughs> played a Friday Saturday, and we knocked off Hobart. Hobart. We were the four seed. Hobart was one. Knocked off Hobart in the first round, and then we beat Hamilton in the in the final. Um, and uh, so, and then the next year was the last time that Union has been in the championship game uh, of the Liberty League. So it, it has been a while, but uh, those four seniors and, and and Greg too. He's been with us for three years. Uh, they've been building towards this and. and you know, last year uh, being the two seed and getting a taste of the conference tournament and, and also understanding how difficult it is to win, no, no matter who you're playing against um, in conference play. They, you know, just like I, I spent some time in the UAA as an assistant uh, with Emory and, you know, having an appreciation for, um, you know, the, the different conferences and, and how challenging they can be, um, you know, you, you have to bring it every night and you have to be consistent every night or else you can get knocked off. And um, I, I think those seniors have, have really committed to that. Um, um, and that's, that's kind of shown, you know, we got off to a one and three start, had, had a couple of tough losses to St. Lawrence and Skidmore, and then Clarkson got us an OT, you know, started to start off one and three. And then, you know, those guys kind of said, along with a few others, you know, that's not how our, our senior year is going to go down. And, you know, then I think we rattled off seven of the next eight, um, and, and, you know, had a couple pretty, pretty good wins at the last weekend over RIT and then, and then Hobart. And, um, you know, then that, that barn burner last night, uh, you know, I, I can't give those, those guys enough credit. Um, obviously, you mentioned earlier games coming home. Uh, you get a chance to play at home where uh, it's been good to you, um, though it's also been challenging. You did play three yeah. of the last four games at home after a five-game road trip. Um the excitement's got to be pretty palpable on Union's campus. Yeah, you know, I I um, I, I came back uh, to a, a bunch of congratulatory texts and um, emails and and calls um, from a lot of people on campus. We had a um, 
an event today, uh, uh, the Union Founders Day, uh, which our you know our guys uh, all attended, a lot of our athletes attended, and uh, the president of school gave a gave us a little bit of a shout out, and um, you know there's uh, there's definitely an excitement. Um, and it had been building and, and building and building, and you know we hope we we have a great crowd. Um, you know there's uh, there's definitely a, a buzz for athletics at Union. You know, with two years ago with the hockey national championship, and you know our baseball team back to back, and have you know Jake Fishman, who's a, a major league baseball player, minor league baseball player now, but was drafted, and um, you know there, there's a, a strong athletic tradition here, and 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 the basketball program as well. And you know it, it, we've been down for a couple of years, but but you know, we're back. And, you know, I think Saturday's a great chance to, to really make a statement um, for that. But it, it, it's going to, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge. Hobart's great. And, you know, Hobart, Hobart um, you know, I'm sure they want, like, you know, Tim, Tim, this is his, his third season. And I'm sure he wants to make a statement as well um, after Hobart not making uh, the tournament last year. And they're used to making it. So um, it, it's going to be two really good teams duking it out. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us to talk about the incredible win, obviously for the program, but certainly just to make things interesting across the country. Um, uh, And I know St. Lawrence and Skidmore are both cursing the names of Hobart and Union uh, today. (laughs) Um, I can can tell you who else is. uh, My my guy, uh, Jason. Oh, Uh, sure. Yeah. He sees that bubble get a little bit tighter for him, didn't he? I, yeah, you know, but but it's um, you know it's just interesting to to see so much can still happen and sure. um, you know I, I uh, you know obviously you know I I think our league um, in the East this year you know I, I I don't know every crossover game but um, you know I did see that you know St Lawrence I think split with Brockport and Oswego um, but they were you know both on the road um, I know Hobart got Brockport. Um, so, you know, I think our league in the SUNYAC and in Empire Eight with St. John Fisher this year is, you know, tough too, but, but, you know, seeing, uh, St. Lawrence and Skidmore, um, St. Lawrence three times, Skidmore twice, you know, I, I, I can't really speak to, to any other teams that are sitting on the bubble right now, but, but, you know, I see two teams that are really deserving, but, you know, a lot of it comes down to just, you know, what the numbers look like and, um, you know, I, I wish those two guys the best. Obviously, uh, um, you know, pulling for them in the league to to, to pull in an at large. Um, well, it's certainly impressive. It doesn't matter in the long run for you guys. You knew you just wanted to go out there and win. I certainly am impressed. Congratulations uh, on getting it done. Um, good luck on Saturday against Hobart. That might be one of those rare games that I want to watch just for the fun of it. Um, a lot of games I'm watching for many different reasons, but just to enjoy it. I'm looking forward to maybe tuning into yours. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Dave, uh, just thank you for, for all that you do um, for Division Three basketball, Division Three sports um, in general. There, there's just so many great stories out there at our level to be told. And, you know, it's kind of one of the last true bastions of, of um, uh, student-athletes. And I think you just do an incredible job. And, and I know you know our players love it and they follow it and um, just can't thank you enough. Well, thank you for the kind words, Coach. Uh, good luck, as I said, and we'll hopefully be talking about Union in the future as well. Sounds good, Dave. Thanks so much. Yep, take care, Coach. Chris Bye. Murphy joining us here on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. 
that might be one of the few coaches, and this it's it's probably not the only time this has happened, but it just kind of dawned on me. One of the few coaches I'm talking to who was playing when Hoopsville was most certainly on the air. Um, that's interesting. It's we're getting to that point with this program. Uh, 14 seasons and, and 17 years. So I uh, appreciate Coach coming on the show. Uh, congratulations to them. Could the Liberty League get, get three teams in the tournament? I'm not saying it's impossible. It, it's it's definite. Um, I think last week's regional ranking, I wish I could have had more time to look through the regional rankings yesterday with you on a show. But the fact that Skidmore is three and St. Lawrence is four you know, Skidmore is now 19 and 7. That's where they may become problematic. St. Lawrence is 20 and 6. We're, we're, we're getting into some interesting areas that maybe that's possible. Maybe, just maybe, it's possible the Liberty gets three teams in. You know, we've been talking about the possibility of the Nesket getting five. It's gonna go, it's gonna get really nitty-gritty in the end. By the way, we talked about Emory. Emory came out of nowhere and jumped to second in the region. Strong SOS. The UAA and the NESCAC have strong SOS numbers. Emory's a great example of jumping into the mix. Um, though at the same time, I'm going to tell you, I don't think the South is that strong. And if Emory loses to Rochester, now they're 17 and 8. I don't think that really does it for them, uh, in my opinion. At a 680, we saw Rochester take a seat with a similar record last year. So this is going to be interesting, but congratulations to Union and congratulations to Hobart nonetheless. Going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to get our friend James Wagner on the line, talk about the CSAC and the craziness in the CSAC. Don't forget, still coming up, we're going to talk to either Salisbury or York, the winner in the CAC semifinals men's basketball game. That's coming up. Before we go, though, I got a question about Hobart. I mean, I'm sorry, about Hope, men and women's basketball. And what do I think about tomorrow night? We'll start with the men. Uh, let's just look quickly on the men's regional rankings wise in the Great Lakes. Hope sitting still at third, which I think is good for them. Um, they play Alma. Remember, they beat Alma by five on the road, and they beat Alma back in the, in the middle of January by 11 at home. It is the MIA tournament. Uh, they And Hope's coming off a tough loss to Calvin um, in, the, uh, in the last game of the season in overtime. Personally, I think Hope comes in a little bit fired up. That could be a good loss for them. Excuse me, as it were. Um, I think Hope men get there. I think if Hope men get the championship game, they're completely safe. I think they're relatively safe to get, excuse me, get in the tournament anyway. I mean, getting the championship game will be key. Alma is one of their toughest competitors, obviously. Calvin's sitting on the other side. Uh, but I think the men will probably prevail, though. Alma has been a disappointment this year. I don't think a lot of us voters realize just how much they lost. We knew how much they lost. They lost more than we thought they lost. Um, but they're still a, a well-coached team and a tough team. But I think the men come out of that. Women I'm a little concerned about. Uh, they played Calvin twice this year. Throw the game in November 30th completely out the door. Uh, a 21-point win on November 30th really means nothing at this point. Remember, they beat him in overtime on February 1st, 63-55. Hope beat Calvin. Calvin's needs to win this to stay in the conversation in the NCAA. If you look at the Great Lakes, they're sitting eighth regionally ranked wise with a weak SOS. I don't see really at five, six in the Great Lakes, trying Rose Holman, sevens Carnegie Mellon. That's about where my bubble line is. Calvin's below that. I mean, I think they're going to get stuck behind Carnegie Mellon, and I don't think Carnegie Mellon gets in at, at 18 and seven at best. Um, 
They might. I could be dead wrong on that. Um, but I think they get stuck back there. So Calvin's got to win. So Hope's playing a team who's going to be a little bit desperate here. I'm a little worried about the women. I, I think Hope women are in. I, I don't see a reason. They're sitting third in the region. I don't see any region they don't get in. But they put themselves in a tough spot here, and they could get shuffled a little bit in the regional rankings. They could fall behind DePaul. They could fall behind Trine. They could fall behind Rose Holman. Now they're down there with Carnegie Mellon in the conversation I was just having about Calvin. So if I'm Hope here, I, I think you got to win this one too. So I think both teams need to win it, women more than the men. I'm a little worried about what I'm seeing out of the women. It's almost like they've been coasting so well. Think about it. They lost to Albion 83-77 in overtime. Then they beat Alma easily. They got past Calvin in, in overtime, then beat Kalamazoo, Olivet, St. Mary's without even having to show up. And then they got trounced by trying by 17. I'm a little worried about the women's team. So we'll see what happens. But that's my thought on Hope. Uh, I think both teams are fine. Or I think the men's team is in with a loss. The women's team gets into a little dicey spot. They drop in the rankings, and they're in a tough spot. They still may get in. I'm not looking at, at, at SOS numbers off the top of my head. I think they need to win. Calvin has to win, and that's what concerns me. All right, going to take a break. When we come back, we will uh, be joined by our good friend James Wagner, and uh, we will talk about not only the crazy CSAC, but, of course, on top of that, other craziness. You listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hope after this. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoops, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. I know we got some questions. I want to kind of go through those. Then we'll talk CSAC. Then we'll bring our friend James Wagner in. If you do have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, and join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I want to point out we got two donations to the fundraising campaign. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, We're still only 22% of the way to our goal. Any other contributions out there would be greatly appreciated. Uh, so please uh, consider doing that. Our our links are everywhere for that. Um, seriously, everywhere for that. Um, so please look into that as you get that opportunity. Um, again, we'll be talking to James the Man Wagner here shortly but surely. Uh, Wags, your video still hasn't started there, my friend. Um Oh, so anyway, we'll be hearing from him in a minute. So let me get through some of the questions I know we've been getting. So let me see if I just got to click over here and then over there and like hit an update here and then going over here. Um, How many teams could the MIA get into the tournament? How about Hope, Calvin versus Trine? Okay. Uh, Andrew, you got a ton of questions, the MIA, buddy. I love it. Very awesome for me. Um, On the women's side, the only way they get two in is if Hope loses. And Calvin probably wins the AQ. I don't... Well, no, no, I, I forgot about trying. My apologies. My apologies. I think the women, there's two win, especially if Hope and Trine are in the championship game. Absolutely. Um, Calvin, I think, needs to win to get in. And then in that case, Hope would ha- would fall, like I said. Then it gets a little dicey, but then there's a possibility at three. Um, I don't think Calvin gets in anyway, like I said unless they get in um, how I said they did. So women on women's side, I think there's a strong chance at two, but a crazy chance at three. Um, I, that's just how I read it. On the men's side, I'm just confirming. I just want to look at the rankings. It, there's obviously only going to be one. The only chance they get a second one in is if Hope is upset. Um, that's it. Yeah, there's there's no other way. So the women's side, there's an outside chance at three. And I, when I start talking outside chances, this also starts taking into effect. We don't know how many upsets there might be. We don't know how many teams may fall that are shoe-ins. You know, how many um, Amherst, how many, how many Tufts, how many others uh, get in that, um, that wouldn't have been in? Does that make sense? Or, or we're going to get in anyway. Um, so I think on that token, on the men's side, it's 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 hope. Unless they're upset, and then it'd be two. On the women's side, it would be um, maybe two. Wags, I can see you, bud, but you're sideways. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay, don't love it, but I'll take it. Um, or... There's an outside chance on the women's side of three. Outside chance of three is how I'm going to go with that. Um, if that makes any sense. I hope that does to everybody. Uh, so on and so forth. Wags, I see you. We will be with you in just a moment, my friend. Um, Calvin versus Trine. I assume you're talking women. It's got to be talking women, right? Uh, Andrew, um, 
I'm going to take Trine in that. I, I, I think Trine's women's team is a little bit better than Calvin, but that one's a good one. Could go overtime, but I th- I'm going to take Trine in that. In that case, it would eliminate Calvin, and thus it would eliminate the chances of three teams making it. I think Calvin's got to get to the championship game, if not win it on the women's side to get all the way there. That's just my my take. Uh, let me see if I got any other questions that are f- flirting around here. Hold on a minute, please. Uh, on the Liberty side, Alan asks. On the women's side, RIT currently sixth in the East will play Clarks in the title game for the AQ. Thank you, Alan. Um, and by the way, that's the only way Liberty League is going to get a third team or any teams in. Um, RIT is six. I just don't see any other. They're just not strong enough. Um, so at this point, Liberty League on the women's side is a one big lead. And like I said, there's an outside chance that the Liberty League on the on the men's side could easily be a um, a uh, a three team bid potentially. All right, so let's talk about the CSAC um, before we lose our minds here. I want to show you the close of last night's game. Um, this is Cabrini versus Gwyneth Mercy. It's at Cabrini. Uh, Wags, give me a thumbs up, thumb down. I believe this was two v three. Thank you. So Gwyneth Mercy's the three seed. Cabrini's the two seed. Um, there are two things I want you to watch. One, watch the play. It's a long thing. We're going to show you the initial and then the follow-up. But if you, right after the shot, make sure you're looking in the lower left corner. That's Gwyneth Mercy's head coach. Watch him. Watch him. It is, it is worth every bit to watch him. Uh, and we'll listen to it live as well. Here you go. Well, the audio is a little low. We'll try and jack up the audio here for you. Or not. We have a moment to fix it here and get it a little louder for you. As you see, the first shot went out of bounds. That's a little low, so just, just listening through. The ball's been blocked, gone out of bounds. It's now going to be Gwen and Mercy's possession. It's second and a half on the clock. Notice, coach is in the lower corner there. You see him. Uh, and uh, this is how it finished. Let's hope the defense sticks it out. Goodman, the senior, and it is good. You watching, coach? Are you watching him? Mm-hmm. You see him going off the screen? I mean, are you watching that? That is one of the best reactions I have ever seen <laughs> from a coach who has just absolutely been shocked. It's his team, and he's been shocked. I actually texted coach afterward and said that may be one of the priceless uh, reactions I have ever seen, and clearly he was still getting over it. Now he's coming back, realizes there's hands to be shook. Um, heck of a finish for Gwen and Mercy. Terrific. Them. Gwen and Mercy has a habit of this, folks. Do we have to remind you they have a habit of this? They beat Marietta last year in the first round. They have a habit of this. Uh, hold on, Wags. I'm, 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 I'm delaying my time to get to you because I'm trying to call up your shot. Um, they have a habit of this, of doing this kind of thing and defeating teams when it counts. They will now move on to play Newman, who's about the last team or when it's about the, almost the last team Newman wants to see. Granted, they just got past the team they absolutely didn't want to see, and that was Rosemont. Um, but they've got a tough one ahead of them here in Gwen and Mercy. And I'm just trying to get a picture here, and then we will talk to Wags, who's joining us 
via Skype. Um, I just can't figure out where I put a darn logo. This is what happens when you're not feeling well all day. Uh, you scramble a little bit at the end. Also, when your production computer takes 20 minutes to boot up. Uh, remember that um, uh, thing we were talking about uh, to help us out, uh, that fundraiser? Please consider it. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, assistant commissioner. Here we go. Now I'm getting all the, the extra stuff in here for uh, Wags, as we'll now go to him. And he now joins us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Skype hotline. <laughs> Wags, that is what, what we expect this time of year. Good basketball, exciting basketball, thrill-a-minute type basketball, et cetera, et cetera. However, that is a crazy finish. It was. Um, I was courtside. I was at the Newman Rosemont game last night down at Newman, and uh, the way we, live stats refresh, I was refreshing and refreshing, and refreshing, and all of a sudden it went to zero. And then you saw Gwyneth's score change, and we're like, okay, what happened? You saw Aaron Goodman hit the three. So then maybe five to ten minutes later, I get an email from Chris Panner, who got an email from Dave Howell at Cabrini, of the clip, and then we uh, sent it in the ESPN. But what an amazing finish! I mean. Goodman takes that shot, and you see Taheem Monroe come out right at the end. And, you know, Taheem is six foot nine. I mean, Taheem is a, a big guy. So Goodman got the shot over Taheem to get it in. And, you know, I, I saw Gwynedd, um play Monday night against Centenary, New Jersey, and they were down for most of the game. And I'm thinking, okay, is Centenary going to beat Gwynedd? You know, and Gwynedd got it together in the second half and, and beat a good Centenary team. Tim Ducina does a very nice job up there. So now, We've got a Newman team who I thought played exceptionally well last night. Great defensive presence against, like you said, a team that they were, you didn't want to, no one wanted to play Rosemont. And because Rosemont is just, you know, what Coach Hughes, Coach Bob Hughes does with that team, with who he has, what he gets out of those guys. I mean, I was there when they beat Newman uh, a couple of nights ago, a couple of weeks ago, and that was a great win for, for Rosemont. So uh, they survived Rosemont. Um, but uh, it'll be a good heavyweight title fight Saturday between uh, Newman and Gwen and Mercy. Um, when we now look at it, regionally ranked-wise, coming out of the East, um, I'm sorry, out of the Atlantic, Newman went back to number one ahead of Ramapo. Um, and then um, Cabrini I... slipped to four. Yes. I'm concerned because of SOS numbers, which are hovering in the low 500 range, and I'll call those up. Uh, momentarily, we'll call up both the live numbers and what the and what the the conference, or I should say, what the the NCA was basing these rankings on here. So bear with me. Mm -hmm. Based on that, um, Wags, it almost feels like Cabrini may have lost their chance at getting into the NCA tournament, and and Newman probably feels comfortable with a championship win. But we know how this Atlantic has worked out in the past. I should say, Correct. should be comfortable if they lose in the championship. But we know how the Atlantic's worked out in the past. Nothing's for sure. That's true. Well, I'm looking at the rankings right now, and out of the teams that are that are still playing, you have obviously have Newman at number one, Ramapo at two, Jersey City and Ramapo will play on will play tomorrow night, I believe. Yeah, they're champs. playing tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow yeah. night. You have Cabrini, who I you said had lost, TCNJ, who's lost, Rowan, who's lost, Staten Island is playing in the SUNY, uh, the CUNY Championship, and Delaware Valley loses tonight to DeSales in a game that was delayed to tonight because of a power outage on campus. Now you have <laughs> you have DeSales playing Misericordia on Saturday for the Freedom Championship. So, you know, you, obviously you'll probably see Del Val fall out of the top eight and, the, and whoever wins the Freedom just slide in there. So if you look at yeah. the top eight, 
Uh, Rowan's, of, of, of all that group in there, Rowan has the best SOS. They do. Their SOS is very oh, yeah. high. And, you know, they gave Ram Paul run for their money the other night. I saw the box score. And if you look at the box score, there are a couple of things that stand out from that, one of which is the three-pointers that Rowan shot. I think they shot in the 50s. But the foul shots, I think Rowan shot 15 foul shots and Rampo shot 62. So I know Rampo had a bunch, not, excuse me, Rowan had a bunch of players foul out, uh, but it was still 110, 101. And what, Joe, what uh, uh, Joe Crispin has done in his first year as the head coach, of course, with head, longtime head coach Joe Cassie by his side, what that Rowan team has done, uh, they've built themselves a good SOS so that in case you have, like we said, let's say Rampo wins tomorrow. Then you have Jersey City in the mix. You still have Rowan in the mix because Rowan does get in there with their SOS. Um, but like you said, you know, I, I thought that if it was Newman and Cabrini in the conference final that we were going to get two because I think Cabrini, if they played a close game and had lost to Newman, they would still be in the, the conversation right now. But then again, like you said, the Atlantic could be wide open. Now with some of these teams being done and – you never know what's going to come out of the Atlantic. So I think Newman's okay. Even if they would lose on Saturday, I think that they would be all right uh, and they would still go. But, you know, I, I had a coach uh, conversation with Coach Rulo the other day, and I said what you have to think about is that they have these teams that are the first in their conference, top in the regional ranking, slotted in, that, okay, they're going to make it. And then they lose in their conference title game or they lose in the semifinals. And then when they come back on Saturday night, Sunday morning, they go, OK, now we have this team slotted as an automatic. Now they're in pool C with everybody else. So I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to shake out. Again, you look at the whole body of work. That's the main thing that people I'm not telling anybody anything that they don't know. The whole body of work is the same well, one in Division you one, never know, one. That's true in Division two and Division three. You look at Cabrini's body of work of who they played, what they've done in the conference, and what they've done out of the conference. I believe you know they they had a, a one point loss to Scranton. And Scranton's a very good basketball team. Um, one of their losses, which doesn't count, is to Lehigh. They played right before Christmas, and some of their non conference wins in there. I don't have their schedule in front of me, and I should know that. But um, you just never know what's going to happen when you get in that room and you discuss all the teams. Because once you get all the automatic qualifiers through, now you've got that whole group of yeah. pool C's that you've got to think, okay, and you kind of weight common opponents and different, different criteria. And it gets tricky. It does. Here's what's going to happen for Cabrini. They know at least one team's going to be ahead of them. Mm -hmm. That's obvious. It's either going to be Ramapo or New Jersey city. Cause neither of them are, you know, not both of them can win the title. So we know one of them is going to be ahead of them. TCNJ is not going to leap them because TCNJ lost in New Jersey city. There's nothing about their resume that improves. I can't see them in jumping over Cabrini. Uh, and we know Rowan, Staten Island, Delaware, uh, irrelevant. So Newman may stay ahead of them, and either Ramapo or New Jersey City will stay ahead of them. We know that for a fact. Here's what's interesting. Cabrini's SOS going in to the, the or what the NCA based it on last time was a 522 with a 1-4 versus regionally ranked opponents. Right. I will get into this later, but reminder to people, that will change twice. Mm -hmm. uh, the committee will vote on Sunday morning. The racks will vote, and that results versus regionally ranked number will be based on this week. So that's the first number. That time that changes, it will change a second time after the committee tweaks that. Make sure that's the final week four rankings. They will re-rank everybody based on absolutely brand new results versus regionally ranked opponent numbers. So these this number will change, but not necessarily for the better. Uh, I don't know if they gain a win. They may. They may not on their resume. I don't think they do. Um, anyway, their 522, what I was going to get to was, has gone up to a 530 as of now. Okay. 
Now we'll see what happens. Is obviously the Gwen and Mercy and Newman game will probably boost that slightly more. So they may be a little north of 530. That's pretty darn good. Uh-huh. New Jersey City's SOS right now is up to a 518. That's come from about a 480 a couple weeks ago. So right. New Jersey City's numbers are in better shape. Ramapo has gone south. It was coming up to 500. It went down to 491 as of Sunday. It's now come back up to 496. Ramapo could, I'm not saying they're out, but Ramapo could play a little bit of a block game if they are stuck out ahead of Cabrini. Newman's right. SOS is now a 507. I'm not really sure which direction it heads. So, yes, there is still a chance Cabrini gets in. The Atlantic looks, Wags, you know this, the Atlantic looks a lot stronger than it has looked in years. I, I agree. I based agree. on criteria. Ba- mm-hmm. Before anybody misconstrues what I am saying. Based on criteria, the Atlantic looks stronger, but it does. it's not deep. No. Cabrini's about the only team that's going to get in as an at-large outside of the NJACs. And if the NJAC doesn't get in at-large, then Cabrini's not getting in at-large. No. And if you look at, I have Cabrini's schedule in front of me. So let's take a look at, at, at quickly at what they've done. They beat Eastern, who made their conference playoffs, who lost to Misericordia. Johns Hopkins, they lost by three on the road. That was down actually down at Salisbury in Salisbury's tournament. And John Hopkins made the was the five seed in the Centennial Bay loss. The one point loss to Scranton. I think Scranton's in the landmark final. I, I haven't checked the landmark schedule. I think they are. And then they have the loss to Lehigh. And the only other three losses down the line. Are well, the last four are to Newman by 12. Um, no, excuse me, that's by eight on the 5th of January. The one point loss at Rosemont on the 1st of February, and then the four point loss to Newman last week, and then now you have the two point loss to Gwyneth. So it's not like they've gotten blown out, they've had some close losses. So you would think if they if there's an at large coming out of the Atlantic, it's Cabrini right now with what their SOS is, but like I said. You throw Rowan in the mix. Look at who Rowan has played. I mean, Rowan has some some strong wins. Let me pull up here um, what they've done. Um, some of their wins that they've had. They have a win over Widener, who was number two in their conference tournament. Um, they beat Rosemont, who was number five, made it to the quarter five, the semifinals. Um, and let's see what else they have. They beat Swarthmore, who is in the Centennial semis. Um, they beat Roanoke. I'm not sure what Roanoke has done in the, the ODAC. I'll have to look at that. Um, but you look at some of the teams that they've played in. So they do have a very strong SOS. So it's going to come down to um, if they do take an at-large at the Atlantic, is it going to be Cabrini or is it going to be Rowan or is it going to be Jersey City? So And, and like you said, if Ramapo loses in that conference final, then you have to throw Ramapo in the mix. And, and their SOS isn't that high either. So it's going to be interesting to see on Sunday. The committee is going to have their work cut out for them. Um, if and like I said, if things go the way they're supposed to go, when you have Newman winning the CSAC, you have Ramapo winning the NJAC, then it's a little bit easier. But when you have someone who, like I said, who's slotted for an automatic, drops in the pool C, then they consider it. Then it then it becomes very hard for the committee to decide. Um, just for the record, Roanoke's 15 and 10, 9 and 7 in conference. They play Emory and Henry at the Salem Civic Center. Game should be starting any minute, um, unless it's already started, but I don't think it has. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, obviously we're getting a little nitty gritty stuff here. It's nice to see the Atlantic in the conversation here. If you are in any other region who's used to Atlantic, not getting a lot of bids, uh, tough noogies, yep. uh, they're going to get maybe one or two this year, um, which is good. I mean, we're seeing improvements in scheduling. I've seen it out of your conference wags in the CSAC. Certainly that conference has taken it on. We talked to Tim McDonald last weekend or on Sunday about it. And he said, yeah. 
We have had meetings as coaches, and we said uh, talked about everybody from top down has got to improve this. It is clearly what they have done. The NJAC has struggled a little bit still with the concept of scheduling. Um, and I think the middle and bottom haven't been as good this year, too. So it's kind of a, a, a twofold there. Um, but it's but we're seeing some improvements. The Mac Freedom certainly has done better. The Mac Freedom is pretty competitive this year. It's too bad Del Val's story is going to end uh-huh. with a thud, unfortunately, by the way. If anybody wasn't paying attention, that game is over. Yep. And uh, the final ended up – where the heck is my final? I think it was 75 oh, it 75. 79-57. 79-57 is your final. So, unfortunately, ends of the dud for Delaware Valley, though I think their coach is going to be call, uh, named Coach of the Year here in the conference. Um, so it's it's good to see. What's the next evolutionary step, though? I mean, do they – is this now – you've got to stick on this on this scheduling thing. This isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Is, and does the results of what they're seeing now maybe help drive that point home? Yes, it does. You can look in your body of work and you can look at what we've done as a conference and what the other conferences have done and going out. Like my former athletic director at our sinus, Laura Mollican, who was the field hockey coach, always said you have to stick your neck out there. And she would go out and play TCNJ. She would go out and play Messiah. She would go out and play the tough teams in field hockey. And it's the, the old adage of the old, I guess, John Cheney from Temple years ago. You know, John would go and play Texas at Texas, go play Duke at Duke, go play Indiana. And he would come into the Atlantic 10 tournament, maybe with a record of 16 and 10. And, and you would look at, you know, Temple 16 and 10, but they were battle tested and ready. And then, you know, playing these tough teams. And it's the same way in our conference like we go out and we play the NJACs, we play the Mac freedoms, we play the teams in landmark, Mac Commonwealth, um, even in the ODAC and schools like schools down there. And you play those teams and you benefit if you can win those games and boost your schedule. Cause then when your resume comes, comes up to the committee and you're on the bubble and you're a pool C, you can say, Oh, the committee can go, look, this team won out and played X, Y, and Z. This team didn't go out and play X, Y, and Z. They played teams that they could have beaten easily. The key is to find a good team that you can beat that will do very good in their conference and that will boost your SOS. So uh, I applaud what our coaches have done, uh, and they're going to stick with this, and they're going to, you know, uh, as our other teams start to get better, they will reap the benefits by playing the tougher teams. Uh, Final score, by the way, in women's conference action, as you point out, Christopher Newport defeated York tonight 73-52. Um, that's a pretty big game, uh, on the CAC side. Um, no, good points all around wags to say the least. Um, when you, when you guys talk as a conference, if you don't mind me maybe asking this angle, sure. do the coaches meetings then translate up to, to the meetings with you and, and Adrian and everybody else? In other words, do the ADs and the presidents understand where these coaches are coming from? I think they do. Uh, I, I, we have a couple of coaches, a couple of ladies that are coaches, and, and they understand that concept of scheduling. And uh, I think as we, we we talk to other coaches and we go forward to our ADs and presidents, and like, look, I know that there are budgetary constraints. I know that there are travel constraints. But if you can go out and, and play these teams in any sport, um, it does help the it does help your schedule, and it also helps the 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 overall image of the conference that we're going out and we're trying to play these teams. So eventually we will become a conference that people do want to play. Like, let's go play the CSAC teams because they play tough teams. So um, I think it helps in any conference that you, you go out and you stick your neck out there. Um, you're, you have coaches and teams that will want to come and play you or, 
or you go play them. And, um, you know, we have a, we had a team in our conference play Amherst this year, men's basketball. I applaud them 100% for doing that. You know, you go up and you play a team like Amherst, the experience, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You go up there and you beat Amherst, and all of a sudden now you're, you're tied into Amherst's SOS. And it's just it, it, they're understanding at all sports what they need to do, and I think our, our coaches do do that, and it translates up in our ADs support it. Hey, uh, let's take a turn here real quick. Sure. I forgot to mention, due to the fact that we got on the air a little late tonight, I um, want to talk about a couple things that hit while my kids were trying to garner my time before the show started. Two coaching shakeups today. There's already been a, a bunch of coaching uh, carousels run already, uh, but two that hit today. First mm-hmm. one, uh, Milliken's men's, ba- men's basketball coach, uh, Matt Nadelhofer, who used to be at Eastern, yes, uh, is has left. Um, I'm going to look up Milliken. I think Milliken wrote a story, so uh, let me look that up because the wording was interesting, okay. uh, in my opinion. The other one, down the street from you, sir, mm-hmm. Muhlenberg's head coach, uh, Scott McClary yes. has resigned. Yes. Um, while I double check the, the McMillan, oh, here it is. Nadelhofer resigned. Bingo. Um, your thoughts on, since it's in your neck of the woods, the, the Muhlenberg men's job opening up, um, your thoughts on, on what that means, maybe in the grand scheme of things. Well, first of all, I, I respect Scott a lot. I've always liked talking to Scott. I met Scott when he was an NCAA rep uh, when I helped Widener out years ago, and I believe he was at Marymount before. Yes. I, I, Marymount, yes. Yep. So when he took did over very at well there. did very well there, came in at Muhlenberg, did a great job, nice guy to talk to, always you know, great guy, and I, and I wish him well. I did reach out to their SID, and he said Scott's okay and everything's fine, and he's, he's, he's good, great guy, and he will be missed. Now, that's a very, very good job. I mean – you're in the Centennial Conference, you're in it with a good group of schools, and you're also in the Lehigh Valley. It's a little tricky in the Lehigh Valley because you have Muhlenberg, you have Moravian, but you also have Lehigh, you have Lafayette, um, and you have all the Penn State campuses that are now starting to pop up and, and different things. So it's a, and, and you're 90 miles away from New York City. So you're, you're close enough to New York, North Jersey. Uh, Lehigh Valley, a hotbed of basketball. You can go north in the Scranton area and come south here to Philadelphia. So they've got a great facility in Muhlenberg. It's a great school. Um, it'd be interesting to see who's going who's gonna to pop in for that job. Can I give you the, oh, let me, ju- I just thought this one through thought. Sure. We mentioned Matt Nadelhofer at Milliken, who is gone. Uh, okay. According to his press, the press release at Milliken, um, has resigned his Position effective immediately to pursue other interests. Muhlenberg's press release, just for the record, um, basically says the same thing. Um, I, 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 by the way, McClary was one twelve and ninety four in his eight years there. Um, could Nadelhofer be trying to get back to the East Coast? He could be. Yeah, I know. And he is could. this the job he's looking at? Maybe it's you know it's now you have the t- now you're going to wait until the tournament's over. Obviously, and you try to fill in because now the hotbed of recruiting now is starting to hit. So uh, you want to finish up your recruiting. So uh, that could be a possibility. Uh, Matt's Matt's you know did a good job at Eastern, so we'll, we'll interested to see what how that work picks up. And there could be some candidates in the area around here that that could pop in for that job. Oh sure. Like I said, it's a great school and a great conference. And Muhlenberg athletically does very well. Their women's basketball team is great. Their football team does well. Their baseball teams do well. Like they have some good athletic programs. They've got a great AD. I say that because he's a Susquehanna grad like me. So I, <laughs> Mr. Goff is great and what he's done there. So, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a good job. And you are in an area that 
um, you can get a lot of attention. And if you do well, you can be rewarded. So, you know, I, I'm should see who takes that job. But, but first and foremost, you know, hats off to Scott, the job that he did at Muhlenberg of what he did with that team. And uh, I wish him all the best. Great guy. You know, and I, and I hope whatever he decides to do, I know he'll be successful. Well, we're going to miss him in the centennial because he was a, he was a great coach. Point out he was a 94 grad at Muhlenberg. That is true. Um, so it's an interesting development. By the way, and, and back to Nadelhofer, incredible job there in the sense of changing the culture. So I find it surprising there. Uh, other coaching carousel notes, just in case people haven't been keep, keeping track, Elizabeth Town's job is open. I've mm-hmm. heard some interesting names floated that may be targets there. Um, Goucher's women's job opened up unbeknownst to me until i got a random email from somebody uh, I, I got a te- I, saw, I know i should have texted you i think i saw that yesterday and i, I got a text two busy. days ago yeah. from somebody while i was uh curled up in, in the prone <laughs> position um like oh so what's going on a couch i'm like uh what mm, yeah and uh, i have talked to their head coach uh their former head coach says um, it wasn't the right fit for him. Uh, read into that as you may. Um, hopefully I can get more out of him that's off the record, maybe down the road. Right. Um, so it's interesting that the, as the season ends, things start going back, you know, start turning full circle. So uh, Chris thing- Panther is watching the show, and I think oh, he's yes. being a little on the sarcastic side. Why? What is he saying now? Wants to know about Faber College. Oh, Faber College. Got to love Chris Panther. Well, one thing that I, I mentioned to our our one of our beat writers here in Philadelphia, and, and maybe some of you maybe are keen to this fact, is that over the next two days, starting tomorrow, we will have a significant amount of championships within about a 20-mile span here in Delaware County. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll have the women's championship, the men's championship for the CSAC at Newman. Um, up the road, Swarthmore will host the men's championship for the Centennial. Up the road, Haverford will host the women's championship. Haverford's in like two different counties. They're in Montgomery and they're Delaware County. They're kind of bridged a little bit. So, and of course, our women's championship, uh, uh, Gwen and Mercy will be hosting Cabrini up in Montgomery County. And, you know, had things worked out, should have, uh, if, uh, you know, Del Val would have um, won or, or Eastern would have won and, and Eastern would have hosted, they would have been close by. So we could have had a significant amount. We're going to have like three or four championships within a 20 mile span here over the next two days in Delaware County. So that just shows you, you know, the, the, the amount of, of basketball, good talented basketball there is. Here in the area, and of course, you know Swarthmore with Landry Kalsmowski, what he's done with that program is great. You know Swarthmore is hosting the men's basketball championship, and Bobby Morgan, what she's done in Haverford, um, you know Haverford's turning into perennial power women's basketball. So, you know it's great to see Haverford and Swarthmore hosting two different championships on the same weekend. So it'll be it'll be a fun weekend down here in Delaware County. Well, thank James Pace for a contribution to the Hoopsville. Um... Uh, fundraiser, thank you very much, sir. Really appreciate that. Gets us to 23% of the way to our goal. So we're inching our way there uh, with five days left. Really appreciate him doing that. Uh, he calls himself Jumbo's fan. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, so, Wags, before I let you go, uh, sure. your thoughts on what else is going around the country? Anything that's jumped out at you early on? Anything about the regional rankings that maybe that, that, that you – that caught your attention, something well, along those lines. I think the regional rankings, you know, I'm paying attention, obviously, to the Atlantic and the, and the middle Atlantic because that's the region I used to follow. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, as a Susquehanna alum, I'm, I'm concerned if Susquehanna is going to make it or not after losing in the, the conference quarter semifinals to Moravian. So, quarter uh, semifinals? The semifinals, sorry. I guess I'm still stuck. <laughs> now in, you feel like me. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> happy birthday, by the way. So, anyway. Um, nice. Uh, you know, I, I think – 
there's going to be a lot of discussion over the next two days about who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. And uh, like I said, the thing you have to watch out for is the upsets. When the yeah. upsets start happening, it's the same way in Division One, the same way in Division Two. When there's an upset, then everything just gets reshuffled. And the committee, uh, the coaches that are on the committee, the administrators yeah. of the committee will do a great job. And uh, I'm interested to see how the tournament bracket sh- shapes out. I would love to see, by the way, I would love as much as I'd love to see as many teams in my conference make it. I would love to see Swarthmore in this tournament because I think, you know. Swarthmore men's basketball is back on the map, and Landry Kozmowski has put them back on the map, and we should see Swarthmore in the tournament. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's going to be a great championship game on Sunday, Saturday for us with uh, Newman and Gwen and Mercy. I know Coach Barron will have his 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 team ready, and uh, Coach Rula will have his his guys ready, and it'll be a great atmosphere at Newman. They'll, they're on spring break, but uh, most of their students are commuters. They'll be there. Um, and they've got a great facility at Newman, so it'll be packed. It was packed last night uh, for the Rosemont game. So, um, you know, I'm just to see what's going to happen over the next two days and, and who's who's in, who's out. And, uh, you know, we'll find out Monday at 1230 uh, when that bracket's released. And then, uh, you know, interested to see who's host. I would hope, would like to see Newman host in their facility. They've got, like I said, if you've never been to the Miranda Center, it's one of the nicest facilities in Division Three. They did a great job when they built it. Um, it's kind of got the, the pit feature, where I, I like to call it, where you walk in on uh, street level and walk down to the court. So um, interested to see um, what's going to uh, transpire. And, I, and maybe you know this, and I, and I apologize. How's Coach Lane doing at Transylvania? I really haven't checked to see what they've, what they've done. I kind of follow him on Twitter. Um, I met him at the G3 Classic years ago. Great guy. And how's Transylvania doing? Um, I'm going to double-check that one because I knew the answer as of yesterday, but I don't want to – I want to make sure I haven't screwed anything. They play a weekend tournament, so that's why I wanted to double-check it. Um, I think they're done. Nope, they got their – they do uh, – they play um, Rose Holman tomorrow. Okay. So they're Rose Holman. They're at Hanover. Um, Hanover's hosting the, the, the quarterfinals and championships. So they unfortunately lost to Manchester in their final game. They've lost three of their last six, but they've got Rose Holman on Friday in the semis. So there you go for Brian, Coach Brian Lane. Yeah, he's a character, but we love him he very is. much. Absolutely. So, yeah, it'll be great to watch uh, the basketball the next couple of days. And, of course, I'll be watching you on Sunday as we get ready to decide, think about who's going to be in, who's going to be out. And, uh, you know, this is the best time of the year. And then we get started with the tournament. Uh, next week and it's it's always fun and it, for those of you if your team makes it to salem go you, the, the carry harvey cutter and the guys that they the staff there what they do is amazing and when i was at our sinus and we made it in 2008 it was a great great atmosphere so if your team makes it to salem and you can drive there go you yeah, will you will be, be rewarded for an outstanding weekend and the city rolls out the red carpet and you know what the ODAC does and everything else it, it's a great time so if your team makes it go I'm hoping one of my teams make it so I get to make the the six hour drive down 81 to, to Salem but uh, that's a long way away and uh, we'll find out in the next uh, couple of days who's going to make it I agree with you bud um by the way our friend uh <laughs> I don't know should I call him Bobby to you or should I call him uh his other nickname Barney. uh Says, uh, telling me says hi. Says he finds the best ties at TJ Maxx. And sorry, he let you down last night. He didn't leave me down. By the way, Bob Bob Hughes wears his ties better than the president of the United States does. You're not supposed to wear your tie past the belt buckle. Bobby Bobby's ties are on point. They are. Yes. I mean, we've got some well dressed coaches in our league. I yes, was up you at the the other night, and Coach Barron. I, I swear, John had 90 ties behind his door. I was going to borrow one. Like, I was worried yesterday. I had, like, a purple shirt and a purple tie, and I was like, hey, that looks kind of weird, but it was okay. Um, but, uh, no, we have some some sharp-dressed coaches in our league, and, and Barney's 
tie at TJ Maxx. You know, I, I actually bought a tie at the Goodwill about a week ago. So that's where I go shop for my ties. But um, and Boscov's is a, is a big place. My wife makes money why I go to Boscov's, but I grew up <laughs> on Boscov's. And it's it's like it's like a northern belk. Like you have belk down there. Like I think there's a Boscov's outside. I think there's a Boscov's in, in the mall at Westminster. So, I, I mean, you know. The boss, don't knock Boscov's. You can get a lot of good stuff at Boscov's. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying that. But, no, Barney did not let me down. What, Like I said, what Coach Bob Hughes has done with that Rosemont program, you know, he's the second coach in school history. And, and, and they're in the cozy gym where they have the sellout on two, Monday night with Immaculata. They packed in 257 in their gym, and that was capacity at Rosemont. But, um, you know, what he has done with that program, what he will continue to do with that program. Yeah. Uh, yep. will be amazing and, and i'm telling you one of these years rosemont's going to go undefeated and they're going to be the number one team in atlantic and they're going to host at their facility and i told barney like hey do what temple did just you own the you, you own the air rights just build up like there put it on go. top of the old gym just build up man yeah. you'll, you'll be fine that's a good point mm-hmm. well thank you bud appreciate you taking the time we'll look forward to talking to you very soon all right dave thanks for all i do i appreciate it and uh all you viewers, please support Dave's what Dave does here with the Hoopsville. And if you can donate a little bit, uh, please do so he his production computer can be better in the future. So yeah, thanks, bud. I appreciate right. that. You Take got care it, yourself. You Good night. Good night. James Wagner joined us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. He mentioned City of Salem there. Yes. They are the sponsor of our hotlines, and of course, you can get your tickets to the uh, championship. I have a friend of mine from college, college teammate who actually mentioned to me he's got a buddy he's going to do a cross-country trip. He's going to mention that weekend to him to come and enjoy the games. We encourage all of you to come and enjoy the games, please. It is well worth it. It is a blast. You should do it. Going to take another break. When we come back, I'm going to go through the top 25 uh, that's already been posted. We're going to go through the regional rankings a little bit. Waiting a little bit to get our next interview, which is coming up. Um, we're going to get the winner of the Salisbury-York men's game in the CAC. And last check, well, hold on. Want to go get the box score. There we go. York has come storming back in this one. Uh, they were down by maybe five or more. Hold on. Let's check here. Um, they were down. Salisbury was up five, up six. Oh, I'm in the wrong. <laughs> I'm in the wrong half. That's why. Uh, they were up six in the first half, but Salisbury was up five with 629 left. In the last minute, it has been the other direction. And now York took a one-point lead. Now it's Salisbury by two, less than five to go. We will talk to the winning coach of that game when we come back. You're listening to Hoops Hope, or not when we come back, when it finishes. We have other things to take care of when we come back. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. 
Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things, a challenging educational experience and a community where students could deepen their faith. 125 years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our Be Known promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was back then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number. You will be known. Cheer for the stumbles. The he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're certainly answering questions there as well. If you happen to post them there and we catch them, uh, we will do our best to answer the questions. Poskovs and Belk in the Westminster Mall. I have a funny connection to Belk, believe it or not. We'll just leave it at that for another time. Um, I do have some other questions we will try and get here momentarily. Um, well, I can answer. Well, no, I, well, we'll answer this one without putting it up on a screen. Um, so he says, this is a bit of an expansion of the Matt Donahue Catholic situation a few years ago when he was regional rack on the regional rack and up for an at large berth. First off, uh, let's correct the fact Matt Donahue at Catholic was actually not only on the regional rack, he was the chair of the rack and on the national committee. And yes, Catholic at the time was on the at-large berth. This was a few years ago. This is before the the, the uh, landmark and the CAC were in one region. This is when they were in two different regions. This is a weird split. With Bobby Morgan as chair of both the Mid-Atlantic and the national committee, and Haverford is the number one seed in the centennial, does she participate in the Mid-Atlantic regional ranking? We'll start there. Yes. So technically she does. We, we discussed this a lot, and we'll go in further details here. We discussed this a lot about the fact that uh, there's obviously coaches who are on regional advisory com uh, committees. They're also on the national committees. And what happens when their, their teams are discussed? First and foremost, as I understand it, and unless something dramatically has changed, Bobby will certainly control the call for her rack. Um, when her team is discussed, though, she will – remove herself from the call, whether that's just putting herself on hold or muting the call or whatever, she will not participate. Just as any other coach who may be on a call may do the exact same thing. Um, so there's, uh, so she'll run the call, but when Haverford is discussed, she's not in the conversation. Does that make sense? So other coaches will decide, and here's the real kicker or other coaches, other other rack members, coaches and administrators. Here's the kicker. When it comes to a vote, they all do it on their computers after the call. So they don't, you know, it's not a call. It's, it used to be a conference call and a vote on that. They changed it about three or four years ago. They now call, they now vote on computer. So yes, she will run the rack call and she'll run the national call. But whenever her team is discussed, she will remove herself from the conversation. 
The question goes on, if Haverford wins the AQ, will she be participating in hosting and or bracket setup deliberations? All right, so Haverford, just so we know, in the Mid-Atlantic, it's because this gets more complicated. I want to discuss this. Haverford um, in the Mid-Atlantic is not regionally ranked, and that's why we're not discussing whether they get an at-large. So, yes, if Haverford gets the AQ, she will, she will have a role. Remember last year on the women's side, at one point in the call, four people were not involved in the call. Four people. Because their teams were involved. The chair of the committee was Wisconsin Whitewater's coach. They came up as a pool C early on and were not selected until late. We figured out she spent about three quarters of the selection call not on the call. That's why we actually had Bobby Morgan at a last minute come on Hoopsville last year to discuss how everything had gone on. Then when it came to bracketing, there were four people at one point, again, who did not participate. So here's what I understand, how I understand this will be. If Haverford wins the AQ, she will certainly be part of selections because Haverford's not related. If for some reason Haverford were to get to the table as an at-large, and listen, the Mid-Atlantic is so deep on the women's side, there's an outside chance, let's just say, Haver, uh, that they're, they're sitting at ninth. So Marymount 7, Moravian 8, let's just say Haverford's 9. And because the Mid-Atlantic is so deep, I think there's a very legitimate chance we could be talking about teams off the rankings who get to the table. There's a chance Moravian gets in. I know it would be, I think, 18 and 7, which isn't ideal, but let's just say it happens. If her team were to get to the table at the end to be discussed, she would remove herself from the call. Here's where I wish they would do it differently. According to how the women do it, and we haven't had this problem in the men in a long time, so I don't know how they would exactly execute this. But if once they get to bracketing because their teams are in it, they're out of the call. And here's where I have a problem with that. I understand you don't want favoritism. I totally get that. But we have 64 teams to bracket. In that case, take them out of that quad. And I realize it's not that easy. You're going to have to separate teams and start going. But, for example, you're telling me Bobby Morgan could not participate in the, in the, in the section of the tournament that features Whitworth and, and Whitman and, I'm not Whitworth, but George Fox and Puget Sound or the Texas schools or the Central Region schools? She could even participate in the Northeast until it gets into an area where she may be. But at that point, we're so far into the tournament, it doesn't matter. So take these coaches and put them on the call. Put them somewhere where they're not interacting with their team. Now, I understand we have to we, we can't isolate. Men's lacrosse isolates. We can discuss how isolation takes place in, 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 in conference bracketing. We can go through that 100 times in six ways on Sunday. So if there's now a conversation where you got to move teams, okay, then she removes herself from that part of the conversation. But don't have this come down to four people bracketing a bracket when you've got the potential of eight. That, or have a second person from the region who can step in and take the place. I hope they have thought that through. I will hopefully be talking to Bobby Morgan in the next couple of days before they start doing this stuff to get an idea of how they handle it. But yes, last year... Four coaches were not participating in the call when they were bracketing. 
And it seems ludicrous to me. If Haverford is in the lower left corner, have Bobby do the upper left, the upper right, or the lower right. At some point, you got to have everybody on board. Just take them away from where they are, where their team is. Um, it has happened before, and I think that's where the problem is. But as far as being part of the call, if their team's in at large and they're in the conversation, no, they do not take part in the call. Uh, Matt Donahue discussed the fact they never got selected. So he left the call at one point and sat there and sat there and sat there. He said, I finally got the call back. It was time to bracket. And that's when he knew they didn't make the tournament. So, yeah, it's it's tough. And that's how they do it, to be fair. I don't think they have to go that far. I get that if you're at the table, you, you probably shouldn't be participating. I have no problem with that. It's the bracketing side of it that I have a problem with. It really is. It really is. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Email us, whatever it does. We will certainly keep an eye out. Fitchburg men lost. That's a tough loss on the men's side of things. Um, tough for Fitchburg, to be honest. Um, checking my email to see if there's other questions that may have come through. Have not seen them as of yet, but we'll keep an eye out. For anybody who is uh, asking us questions, we'll do our best to answer the questions when you get the when you send them to us. Um, where was I looking? Oh, scores. <laughs> Try to remember what I was doing here. Keeping an eye on the Hope so on the York Salisbury game. The reason we're keeping an eye on this one is the winner of this game will come on our show. Um, Salisbury leads 64-63 with a minute 27 left. We will call up the video and monitor that. And when we get the opportunity, we will chime in on that call uh, or, or chime in on that broadcast so you can see it with us. And we'll see how the game finishes, if it's relevant. But we'll keep an eye out on that game at this time. And again, it is 66-63 now with 120 left to go. Salisbury the lead on York. Salisbury the 20-ranked team in the country. I will say this now. They lose this game to York. They may be out of the NCAA tournament. I think they're already on the bubble. York just hit a two, by the way, to cut it within one with 65 seconds left. But Salisbury fell to sixth in the mid-Atlantic on the men's side. They're behind Scranton. And I don't... Scranton's... Certainly got into a better position, but I'm I'm nervous as heck as to whether Scranton could get into the tournament. Uh, to be blunt, I haven't looked that seriously at Scranton. Um, but we'll look at them now. Let's just take a look. Um, Salisbury and Scranton, at least they're close. <laughs> they're both 19 and 6 as of the last regional rankings. Scranton was Salisbury was 3 and 3 versus regionally ranked opponents. Scranton 5 and 3, and they both had a 524 SOS. I've never seen ide identical data like that before. When comparing teams, the difference came down to the fact that Scranton was five and three versus Salisbury three and three. Salisbury loses this; they're going to fall to nineteen and or 20, 19 and seven, um, which would be a seven thirty one winning percentage with a five twenty four. Arguably, they're probably going to be able to get in, but man, that gets nervous. We have so many teams that are going to be in this conversation this year. This is not. This is going to be a quagmire at the bottom. I think last year we talked about the possibility of being a quagmire, and it didn't develop as much. It certainly got tough, but it wasn't as thick as we thought. I think this year it very much could be that way, and Salisbury could be in trouble. Scranton doesn't blow me away with their data, but they 
could easily be in the in the tournament as well. They they beat Susquehanna, so now they're twenty and six. Um, Salisbury leads by two, 25 seconds left. Just had a shot clock violation. So this is going to come down to the end, and and York's going to get a look at it, though they're going to call timeout. We will come back to this in a minute. But it looks like Salisbury missed a shot or had it blocked. There was a shot clock violation. So York's going to have the ball trailing by two with 24 seconds left. We'll keep an eye on that one. Again, the winner of that game will come on the show here in a bit. If you, again, you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Uh, you can try the, uh, the, the, YouTube, um, uh, the YouTube page as well if you want to ask us a question. Please send us our way. Uh, we will try and answer them the best that we can. Um, so, again, this Salisbury game is big. I think Salisbury, to be sure, needs to get to the CAC championship game. But they're not doing anything very well about it right this minute. They're kind of hurting themselves. Um, we'll look at other scores um, from around the, the division as well. We've been keeping an eye on scores all day um, or all evening to see. There's obviously a lot going on. Whoops, grabbed the wrong thing there. There we go. Nope. That's wrong, too. There we go. Sorry, our production computer is having a day. <laughs> we were meant to take it in for to get fixed, and we're unable to on Tuesday. But well, let's uh, tune in and see what York can do oh, here. So You'll hear the broadcast from the what Salisbury guys as well. And what they designed this play to do. Place is loud and proud here at Mag's Physical Activity Center as the students will on their seagulls. Wagner with it. Beatty, top of the key. Inside, Reich, working against Wyatt Smith. Wagner on the run. Missed shot, Reich rebound. Foul called under the basket from the referee on the near side. 4.9 remains. So there's Reich a foul with 4.9 seconds left. So York had a couple chances the there. Salisbury looked like they got at least one or two with blocks. A, with a one and one here to try and tie this game They're calling this a one and one, so a non-shooting situation. Couldn't expect any less from these two teams when they go head to head. Mags these two teams have split this capacity. season, by the way. York defeated Salisbury last time they faced each other. Reich hits the first. The big man has been at the line multiple times in the game today. York, 15 of 16 in the game at the charity stripe. 15 of 16, a very impressive number, but now this is the biggest of the game. A make, and it will be tied with five seconds to go. We'll see what happens here. Ties right, it. Four seconds left. On. Jeter to Whitmer, driving forward. Wyatt can't hit it off the rim after a beautiful set play by Salisbury with no timeout. Then we're headed for So we're going to overtime. We will keep an eye on this game. Um, as we hope to have the winner of the game on the show. We may not go that long to have the winner on the show. We will see.
Sorry, just messaging uh, people keeping in touch with us about that game. We'll keep an eye on it. Salisbury and York headed to overtime, tied at 67. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, if we're still in the air, we'll try and get you a, a guest here shortly um, when that game concludes. Um, again, I listen, in any normal year, I'd probably be okay with Salisbury at 19-7. and seven. Let me rephrase that. In some years, I wouldn't be, and in some years, I'd be okay. I'm literally on the fence this year. I think it is so tough this year. I, I got to talk to our guy, Matt, about SOS numbers, but SOS numbers seem to be higher now, so I think it's harder to read. Every year with the committee, they kind of hem, hem and haw over how they do the SOS versus win-loss. And this year, it seems like the SOS has got an important place, but it's not as strong as it has been. Um, because I think teams with smaller SOS number or lower SOS numbers are going to get a more reasonable chance thanks to the win-loss percentages. That's why I think a win-loss percentage, listen, we've always been told 667, you're not getting in. Last year we saw it at 680, so now you get up near 700, I think, is where our bubble line is. You get close to that, and again, if Salisbury finishes this with a loss, they're at 731. You think that's safe? I certainly think it's okay. But there'll be three and three versus regionally ranked opponents. That number is going to change as well. That already has hurt them against Scranton, for example. I think a lot of fans at Scranton don't think they're going to make the tournament. There hasn't been a lot of hubbub about it. But I think all of a sudden they've entered the equation. I think they've got a very good chance in the Mid-Atlantic, maybe, of being a second landmark team. And I didn't think the landmark was going to get a second team this year. Uh, at this point, there could be three teams from the landmark. Because if Scranton's upset in the championship game, they may have a legitimate chance at 20-7 and seven of getting into the tournament. Um, especially with a with a, a, a 5-24 SOS. So I think things have gotten tougher. Speaking of all of that, we will have our special selection show coming up on Sunday. They've just tipped off in overtime. We'll get that to you. We will have that probably starting as early as 4. Uh, and we will start with men's selections and then move to women's selections. And we will discuss all of this. And we will make the selections as we see fit. Uh, we think, or we know, that the men will have two more bids, 64 teams. So we'll have a little bit more to talk about. Reminder, on the women's side, there's one Pool B bid this year. There is one more. There's one Pool B bid this year. That doesn't actually take away any Pool C bids because there was a there's just one less conference bid, if that makes any sense. Um so basically the GSAC dissolved. They lose the they lose that as an automatic bid. So that is pulled out of pool C or pool A. And then it's put into pool B because there's now enough teams to have a pool B bid. So that's how that is going uh there. So um a little bit interesting to say the least. By the way, another note, I didn't bring this up. We didn't talk about it. St. Thomas now the number two ranked team in the country in women's basketball moving ahead of Tufts. I don't think we got a chance to really talk about that uh, previously. Uh, trying to see if we got any more questions. I'll try and answer those questions when I get the opportunity here. We keep an eye on the Salisbury-York game, and we'll bring you an update when we can. Well, that's women. That's going to screw me up. Um... Number five, Ohio Northern leads Marietta in women's basketball, 57-45 with eight and a half minutes left to go in the game. Wartburg got past Buena Vista, no surprise there. We mentioned Christopher Newport getting past York. This is women's basketball again. Mary Washington defeated Marymount, number 15 over number 25 in overtime by two. Um, we'll see if there's other scores. 
Salisbury leads by two, but York's got possession less than four. Back to women's basketball, see if there's any other scores that jump out of us. Texas-Dallas, who's the number two region in the region, won today over Sol Ross State. Um, Wilmington upset Baldwin-Wallace, 62-59. St. Joseph, who just got regionally ranked to, uh, this week, not that that has a, a strong indication, survived Johnson and Wales, 91-90 in double overtime. Um, Texas Tyler got past Concordia, Texas, 69-61. Trying to, not reading them all off. I'm just trying to find the ones of note. And our friend uh, Ryan, his alma mater women's team, lost 75-59 to University of New England. On the men's side, some scores that jump out. Don't forget, we still have uh, Whitman ahead. A Christopher Newport should be underway. We haven't seen a score from them. I'll check that. Wortworth will play later, as will River Falls. Uh, River Falls should be underway as well, by the way. Marietta's leads Mount Union by 13. Uh, Oshkosh uh, is leading Whitewater significantly at halftime. We'll keep an eye on that score. That's significant. Albertus Magnus is going to win easily. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other games that jump out at me here. Emory and Henry's having an easy time at halftime on Roanoke, 42-25 right now. Big game, St. John's versus St. Thomas, and the Johnnies leave the Tommies, 43-39 at halftime. We mentioned Guilford winning earlier and Texas-Dallas winning earlier. Uh, a bit of an upset, Virginia Wesleyan over Lynchburg, 102-93, but they were kind of closely ranked to begin with. Um Methodist over Greensboro. Hardin-Simmons with a win. We mentioned that earlier. That's a good win for them. We mentioned the DeSales um, drubbing of Delaware Valley, 79-52. And Washington Lee beat Randolph-Macon, 78-67. That is an upset. So Randolph-Macon, remember, in the ODAC, had been leading the ODAC for much of the season. And I've had a few people say they were playing above their heads. They, they were playing better than expected and almost playing better than they should have been. Well, it comes to a crashing halt tonight as Washington and Lee defeats Randolph-Macon in the quarterfinals. So the Yellow Jackets season is going to come to an end. Uh, regional wank, ranked wise in the South region, uh, Randolph-Macon was six at seventeen and eight as of Sunday. They're not going to get into the con into the national conversation, I don't think, in any way. Concordia, Texas, keeps their hopes alive. They're the third ranked in the South region. They get past Texas Tyler by three. Um, Southern Vermont got another win. That's good for them. Johnson and Wales got upset in the GNAC by LaSalle, 68-61. Keeping an eye on the Salisbury-York game. Salisbury leads York by two with three minutes left. We'll be back with that. Speaking of what we're talking about with the game, don't forget in a little over a week, it'll be myself, Gordon Mann, and Ryan Scott in this studio. We will do... Full NCAA coverage of Friday and Saturday night games, taking you all around the country, not only taking you to great finishes, but also getting you interviews with coaches or others who are at events. We will be setting that all up. That will be here Friday and Saturday for the first time ever. Call it the NCAA whip around until we get a better title. Uh, we will be right here. We're working on making sure that we can take you to games live like we have been here for the Salisbury-York game. That tied, now tied at 69. Um, 
to give you a chance to see what's going on nationally. It's something new that we're going to try, and we hope to take advantage of it. Believe it or not, we do have a little bit more room in this studio, so Ryan and Gordon will be joining me here. We look forward to that. It is something new, and we hope you'll join us on Friday and Saturday for that. Not only games, but we'll also go back to those places to either touch base with reporters for reports on those games or getting uh, interviews with coaches when we get the opportunity. Uh, foul on a shot, York. Basket counts, so they lead by two with less than two minutes to play going to line one. We will again keep an eye on that one. Um, so you got a chance here to ask us questions. Actually, you know what? We're going to take a break. That's what we will do. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll bring you the finish of the Salisbury-York game. We'll also bring you any more questions that you have. Email us. Hoops.com. Uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoops so you know the routine. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll hopefully get a Salisbury York coach or York coach on the show, but we'll also answer your questions. You've been listening to Hoops. We'll back with more after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. Dental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things, a challenging educational experience and a community where students could deepen their faith. 125 years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our Be Known promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was back then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number. You will be known. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. But in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Everybody, we're keeping an eye on the Salisbury-York game. York leads by three. They have possession. 155 left to go in overtime in the CAC semifinals. We'll have the winner of that coach coming on here immediately after the game concludes. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Got a couple quick questions. We'll get to them now. On the women's side, the question is, in the South region, how many ODAC women's teams get in? The only two that are going to be definitely in a good position for at-large are Guilford and Lynchburg. Um... Remind me, the Odak are not playing today. They will play tomorrow 
in quarterfinal action. However, let's just take a look at um, the the data from those teams um, so that we understand their scenario as best we can. So for Guilford, their numbers are 21 and three. This was as of Sunday, two and one versus reaching ranked opponents with a 501 SOS. That's a little dicey. Uh, Lynchburg, in the meantime, 20 and five, one and four versus reaching ranked opponents, but with a 558 SOS. Uh, they're sitting behind a team in Texas Dallas, just to give you Texas Dallas is five and two versus reaching ranked opponents with a 570. Behind Lynchburg is Maryville, who moved up. And that's good for Maryville. I've been saying that Maryville's been in a little bit of trouble here. Maryville is one and two versus region ranked opponents of the 495 SOS. So let's break that data down. Ahead of them is a strong SOS 570. Behind them is in a not so great SOS in a 495, but certainly improved for Maryville. So that's a good sign. I would say that the Yodak could get two in, especially if Guilford and Lynchburg meet in the championship game, which I believe is possible. I'm saying that a little bit off the top of my head without realizing who's not two in that region. I apologize. My problem with Lynchburg is they're 20 and five. This would make them 20 and six. Their results versus regionally ranked opponents is not going to improve. Lynchburg is currently one and four. Guilford's regionally ranked. It would go to one and five. So yes, six teams, but only one win. Uh, so they're at a 558. It's nice. I think they get right into that bubble line. Um, Texas Lutheran, who's behind Maryville, Texas Lutheran's SOS um, is a 477. So at this point, it's screaming to me that the Lynchburg-Maryville area is the bubble. It's the cut. Um, I think Guilford's in pretty good shape. Should they get, especially if they get to the championship game, I think Guilford's in. But if Guilford were to lose in the quarters, it might get a little dicier. But that's only their fourth loss. With a strong, uh, their SOS is a 501, so they're right in that in that weird line. So let's say they were to lose in the quarter, then I think they fall behind. Now you got an argument of whether they get in. I think I think it's dicey. I can absolutely see a scenario where the ODAC gets two teams in. I don't see a scenario where they get three. I think that'd be a little bit crazy unless Guilford say lost in the semis, and the champion beat Lynchburg. But I still think it gets tight. But I think ODAC could get two. I think it's going to depend on how many upsets take place. Listen, we know Amherst and Tufts. Now, I'm not talking about the, an upset like Tufts beats Amherst in the NESCAC title because we both know those two teams are getting in. That's not the kind of upset I'm referring to. I'm referring, or, you know, maybe yeah, even Chicago WashU isn't going to be much of an upset. There's other upsets out there that you can point to go, oh, that's, that takes a pool C away. That takes a pool C away. Take takes a pool C away. And in those cases, that's when it gets more tenuous. I think the ODAC may get two teams in. Another question we got out of the Great Lakes. Um, this is uh, from Hoops at Dupes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it says, contribution coming. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you for all you do at D3 Hoops. I appreciate the kind words. Can you break down the Great Lakes region other than Marietta and Hope uh, as you just answered the Hope question? Well, we're obviously talking men's basketball there. We're keeping an eye, by the way, on the Salisbury-York game. York leads by three. Seven left. It's Salisbury possession. Uh, Got to go full distance. All right. So uh, Great Lakes. Marietta is the number one. Hanover is the number two. Hope's the number three. Mount St. Joseph four. Worcester five. John Carroll six. Denison seven. Ohio Wesleyan eight. And Ohio Northern nine.
All right, sorry, I got distracted with the York game there for a second. All right, Marriott is a lock. They're into the tournament. I don't see any reason for them not to be. I think Hanover is a lock. I think they're into the tournament. Now, if they were to lose in the semis, anything's possible. They could certainly fall, but I think they're in. I hate using the word lock, so let me rephrase that. Marietta, I think, is safe. I think Hanover is safe. I talked about hope. I could see a scenario where they could slide, um, but I think they're going to be relatively safe. Mount St. Joseph gets dicey. Mount St. Joseph is where my worry is in this region. I think that's where things start to fall apart in the region as a whole. Because um, Worcester, let's say they lost to the semis. They're 18, and, or maybe not. But that'd be an eighth loss. I think John Carroll's already lost. They're 17 and 8. I think John Carroll's chances are gone. Uh, I think Denison has at least got to get to the championship game to maybe leapfrog some teams so they have a better win-loss percentage to isolate some things here. Um, otherwise, I think they're done. Ohio Wesleyan at 19-7 and seven may be done now. Ohio Northern definitely done. Um, so let's look at Mount St. Joseph quickly on the numbers. Mount St. Joseph's 2-1 versus regionally ranked opponents with a 5-10 SOS. The men's SOS numbers have been so strong that I don't think Mount St. Joseph's doing themselves favors. Uh, they would then probably be at best 2-2 two two versus regionally ranked opponents, depending on anybody falls out. Uh, let's say 19-6. I mean, that's a decent, decent win-loss, but a really low SOS. Worcester... Worcester's SOS is a 537. I'm not loving it. Down to Mount St. Joseph getting in. I think Worcester and then Junk, that's where I think it becomes trouble. If Denison gets to the championship game, and maybe they're there already. I, I Being ill has gotten me a little fuzzy. Denison leapfrogs a few teams here, despite a really bad SOS. Salisbury or York leads Salisbury by two with 43 seconds left. One more free throw coming. It's up and no good, but rebounded by York. I'd love to take you to video, but there's so many fans standing. It's un it's unfortunate. And I realize this is the downfall sometimes with video. Uh, as fans stand, you kind of get the game cut off a little bit. And as a video web streamer, I understand that challenge. Uh, Denison's SOS is a 466. That's my biggest concern here. I don't know if they can take Denison. Plain and simple. Um, okay, so let me reevaluate this. Denison doesn't. I'm gonna say Denison doesn't get in unless they win the the AQ. Okay, so that helps this conversation a bit. Um. So now we move up to John Carroll, Worcester, and Mount St. Joseph. I think the cut line's right around that area. I don't think Worcester. Worcester. This gets tough. This is really tough. Uh, Worcester is going to play Denison at Ohio Wesleyan. Poof. All right, we're going to... I'm going to make sure this game doesn't go... Yes, it is going to go to overtime. It gives me a little bit longer chance here to answer these questions. Um, I think oh, this Great Lakes is, is complicated. 
Marietta safe, Hanover safe, Hope probably safe, Mount St. Joseph okay. Worcester's going to play Denison in the semifinals. Am I missing something here? Why do I feel like I'm missing? I'm sorry, Ohio Wesleyan won against Kenyon. Where did I think they lost? This is when I. This is what happens when you get sick, folks. <laughs> Sadder part was I was going to have Mike DeWitt on the show today, but I thought they had lost. I apologize. So Ohio Wesleyan's playing Wittenberg. The Great Lakes gets muddy, and I think John Carroll's already out. I think Denison's got a win to get in. Ohio Wesleyan may jump Carroll. Worcester's still got to play. They got to play. Whew. I think it's tough in the Great Lakes this year. This might be the toughest region of them all, and I kid you not. Northeast is tough. Central's okay, but the Great Lakes is tough this year. I think Worcester's got to get to the championship game to have a chance at getting in. John Carroll, again, I think's out. I think Denison's got to win. Of course, we're talking about Worcester, Denison, and Ohio Wesleyan. So Denison's got to get to the championship game and win it, and Worcester's got to get to the championship game. So that game tomorrow is deciding things. And Ohio Wesleyan probably has to get to the championship game to booster their presence. And by the way, we're going to go to this game real quick before I lose more time. It is time ball. 12, 12 seconds, seconds left. on the clock. Tie game at 73. Beatty with it. Brooks on defense inside. Offensive foul called against Scamuffo in the paint. Reich would have had a wide open look under the basket. Big call there, and folks. Four seconds left. And York Scamuffo had a chance. Possible game winner. And an offensive of charge game. is called. Now 5.2 seconds left. And Salisbury will have a chance to go to the CAC championship here. So in Salisbury's Oklahoma. got the final shot. And you mentioned, you drew the comparison earlier, Chris, that Max has not been this loud since the matchup against CNU. Maybe shades of that right here. Whitmer with it. Crossover. Moving towards the three-point line. It's Borsakowski with the heave. Oh, he missed and it. And it rims out. We're headed for double overtime here in Salisbury. And what a story that would have been. Barca I'm going to be honest. Unless we get a bump questions here i'm not so sure we can get the salisbury coach on or york's coach on the show i don't know if i got the energy left oh wow double overtime salisbury versus york got another question what do you think of the aq conference women's can the centennial get more than one bid in the ncaa i said this earlier i think there's an outside 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 chance it could happen um but i'm not i'm not that confident in it um quickly back to the mid-atlantic there's no team regionally start with that already um you look at the two teams that have got a chance are muhlenberg and haverford haverford's 19 and 6 one and two versus region ranked opponents with not a great sos at 516 um muhlenberg is 18 and 7 with a 1 and 1 and 510. So here's my point. They the Mid-Atlantic women is about the one place I can see the chances of getting somebody off of the off of the rankings at the table possibly get there. I think it happens. But Muhlenberg and and Haverford will do themselves no favors. Um their OSs are marginal. 
the results versus regionally ranked are low in number, and I've noticed that the women really have been appreciating results versus regionally ranked, especially high numbers in that category. Um, Muhlenberg would be 18, uh, 19 and 8 if they were to lose in the championship game, which is a 700 SOS. Haverford would be 20 and 7, uh, which would be a 740. Haverford would have a better chance at it, but I don't. I think the Centennial women is a one-bit league this year, plain and simple. I think it's a one-big league. Uh, I just don't see it happening. Um, Oshkosh crushing Whitewater at the half. Uh, our friend uh, noticing that, Ryan. It's actually getting worse. Uh, it was 40, well, not worse, 42-26. No, it is getting worse. 42-26 at half. It's now 48-30. Oshkosh leading Whitewater uh, here at the half. Uh, if you've got more questions for us, I'm debating whether we could keep going on this double overtime game just to get a coach on the air. But if you've got questions for us, tweet us or message us. Um, let's see. Um, if for some reason in the Men's Northwest Conference, if Linfield upset Whitworth and George Fax upset Whitman and one of those lower seeds take the Northwest AQ, which they would, I would think three teams get in from the Northwest. Yes, I think that's a, a good bet. I think Whitworth, Whitman, and whoever took the AQ would win. Yep. So would Linfield or George Fox travel to Eastern Quad for the first rounds of the D3 tournament? And I assume Whitworth and Whitman would, would still stay out West with Whitman hosting the first two rounds. The reality is all three Northwest teams would stay there. Um, I cannot imagine that they would, they would allow a flight out. And this happened on the women's side before. Here's the thing. We know their flight's going to be mandated. We know at least one flight out on the men's side out of the Skyac. Um, we know probably Texas, which either means two flights or getting two flights there, because I don't see anybody else close enough. That, that could change. I just don't see the NCAA saying, sure, we're going to take this third team in the Northwest Conference and we're going to ship them east, and that's an extra flight, and we're going to fly two more into the Northwest, so that's three flights. Doesn't matter. No. All three of those Northwest teams are most likely going to end up in that weekend. That being said, if something crazy were to happen um, and the NCAA approved it, wonderful. Then, yes, it would happen. But the way this is works in D3, D3 budget's a little bit bigger now. They have 64 teams. There's varying reasons why it's bigger. There's a new Turner contract, which has more money. And the NCAA and the D3 schools are paying more money into it. Sure, there's a chance that the NCAA says, sure, we'll ship one out because it's not fair. But let's be realistic. It hasn't happened on the women's side. The I don't see it happening on the men's. I think all three end up there. The easiest choice is to take the Skyac team and ship them up to the Northwest. I don't love that. I'd rather send the Skyac somewhere else, and they may send somebody else up to the Northwest. It all depends on who else gets into the tournament. But no, the Northwest is probably going to see all three teams sitting there uh, as as they. Uh, Alan says I concur. The ODAC, uh, Dave, the ODAC has a shot at a Pool C bid, but it's not a lock. The results versus regioning for Lynchburg. Yep. Alan, you and I are on the same page about the ODAC women. Don't love it. Don't love it at all. Um, but again, um, Northwest men, here's the deal. If for some reason George Fox and Linfield were to, to upset Whitworth and Whitman, I don't see a reason on the men's side. I'm just going to double check it. Yeah, I, I think those two teams are in. I, I don't see a reason they're not. So that's three Northwest teams. And the way the budgets work... Let's just let's let's see. Let's talk it through. Act team, we know that has to fly. 
Let's say it's two Texas teams and there's nowhere to go, so you got to fly them. So that's three. To make it work, you'd have to fly the Northwest School. That's four flights. You could send the two up there. You could. It doesn't matter how you split them up. There wouldn't be more than four flights. So on the off chance that they allowed one extra flight, sure. And I'm going to hedge my bets because, sure, there's a chance. There may be an outside chance they think that's not right and they let them do it. The reality and what's been our history, no chance. It's going to be, they're all three going to be up there. And someone's going to ship there. It's just the reality of it. By the way, George Fox and Linford, Linfield both have to upset Whitworth or Whitman to make this happen. And to be honest with you, um, only one of them has to upset them and then upset them in the championship game for that to happen. So it doesn't have to be just the, both semifinals have to lose. Uh, it could be both. Uh, so, uh, Scott, or Jared, thank you for the kind words, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, looking around, see if we got more questions. Again, email us, hoopsola d 3 hoops on Facebook. Oh, Swarthmore Men Basketball. I knew I missed one. Ken gave us an email. I apologize, Ken. What are the chances of Swarthmore Men receiving an at-large bid if they don't win the Centennial Conference? Uh, I don't like it. I think they've got a chance, but I'm not I'm not loving it. Uh, Swarth, well, they're four. They're not horrible. Uh, let's quickly look at their uh, SOS data that the at least the NCAA looked at. Um, here we go. Swarthmore is sitting two and two versus regionally ranked opponents with a 523 SOS. Swarthmore is going to get to the table. Um, and, and the mid Atlantic's gotten a little bit deeper than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Christopher Newport saved Swarthmore. Well, hold on. How did I miss? Apparently, it didn't print out all my teams. Are you kidding me? How's that possible? I'm missing teams two and three. Scranton is three, Salisbury, or five. Scranton is. Scranton is five, Salisbury six, Catholic seven, Moravian eight. Uh, Swarthmore sitting four. Um, 50-50 chance on Swarthmore. 50-50 chance. Yes, Rusty, the uh, Northwest situation did happen on the women's side a few years ago. Yep, we, we mentioned that earlier. And maybe he's listening on delay. I, I don't know how are. Um, there is a chance um, that, that the women, it did happen on the women's side and all three of them stayed there. Um, so yeah, um, I, that's why I don't think the Northwest ha will happen. That scenario will happen, but I don't want to rule it out. I don't want to just automatically assume it won't. Happen. Um, we should probably double check some other scores real quick. I'm, I'm just killing time here, folks, in case this Salisbury York team might end. Uh, so we can maybe talk about things. Um, Oshkosh is now pulling away more from Whitewater. It is 53-32. Uh, Central Region. Uh, Whitewater was ranked third with Eau Claire fourth, Augustana five. That Central Region's getting tougher and tougher and tougher to see it going deep. Um, no, Rusty. No, I don't know. The All three women's teams... In uh, the Northwest situation, all stayed in the Northwest. They didn't fly them out. The scenario you're thinking about going to Georgia was probably Whitworth a few years ago on the men's side, um, but they were by themselves on a second Northwest team. 
And in that case, Whitworth men flew to Emory. You might be confusing two years there. So in the Northwest women, there were three teams. They all played up there. But on the, the scenario, I think, going to Georgia, that was Whitworth's men who went to Georgia because there was nobody else up there in the Northwest. Um, and, all, and I don't remember all the scenarios there, but that's why they got shipped. Um, it was a, a weird with the Northwest that year. Um, it also might have had to do with buys uh, and some other scenarios there. And that I, I, I don't remember all the details. But no, all three Northwest women's teams stayed there. Um, they actually shipped... Um, Penn State Abingdon to the Northwest to play George Fox. Well, that's what we. That's how that one broke down. Uh, Seventy-nine, seventy-eight. Salisbury leads York with a minute forty-three. We're hopefully going to get the coach on here momentarily. Uh, so there. Let's see. Any other questions? Send them to. So Ken, back to your Swarthmore question. I think Swarthmore chances are fifty-fifty. Uh, I. Am I confusing them with Susquehanna? Yeah, see, Susquehanna is behind Swath, is ahead of Swathmore. And Susquehanna already lost. Everything stayed even, so Swathmore is already behind Susquehanna in the conversation. Um, that's where things get a little interesting there in that Great Lake or in that in that um, in that Mid Atlantic. Christopher Newport, Susquehanna is two, Lycoming three, Swathmore four, Scranton five. That's why I, I get a. Swarthmore. If any of them are ahead of them, it's going to keep Swarthmore from getting to the table. Um, I think the, the Mid-Atlantic could either get tied up and there could be someone who blocks others, or it's going to be a little bit of a free-for-all until it gets down to Scranton Salisbury. That's why I say Swarthmore is probably a 50-50 chance on that. Um, all right. What we're going to do is we're going to take another break just so I can rest my voice a little bit. I'm still under the weather from being ill this week. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. Hopefully, we'll get the Salisbury York finish when we come back. You listen, Hoops Hope presented by the WBCA or presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studio. Salisbury leads by two. They're on the line. We'll have the finish when we come back. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All State, won a state championship, a high school All American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house ball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. 
That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Welcome back to Hoops. Hello, everybody. Sorry you got me caught in watching the game there a little bit. Uh, 68 seconds left. Salisbury's got the biggest lead that I've seen them have since we turned on the game, but not the biggest of the game. Five points with a 63 seconds left. York has possession uh, and will be going. Uh, just hit a basket. Cut it to three and we'll go to the line here to shoot one. So they have a chance to cut it to two. I'm going to make you this promise. And I love the guys. I love Scott Geis. I love Tim Brennan. But this goes triple overtime. I'm done with my energy. I got to sign off. Uh, we will miss out on the interview, and I apologize. Um, hold on. We may have a change in things on the women's bracket. Hold on. Hold on, folks. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Rusty Egan is our friend here. It looks like he may have solved the problem for us. We're trying to figure it out. So just bear with me here. He may have solved the question that we were having. Um, well, you know what? In the meantime, let's just quickly go into this game. Leading by three, York has possession with 24 seconds Four, left in right, double overtime. Jeter got a good it is double overtime despite the graphics. But tried to sell it to the ref, could not quite do it. So it's going to be York ball here after the timeout. Well, of course, they're taking the timeout. Spartans so we'll uh, want to have you sit there and enjoy that. Hold on. We're double checking something, and, and, and maybe that I'm completely wrong. So we're double checking something. Um, ah, you know what? We do have a Whitworth at Emory, Whitman at Lewis and Clark. So lo and behold, there was an occasion where the Whitman women were sent on the road. So thank you, Rusty Egan, for reminding me of that. Outstanding. So there was an occasion where that happened. Um, I think it was the next year in 2014 it didn't happen. Now, remember, right around there is where the budgets got curtailed a ton. Vision 3, there was a major budget deficit, and they had to ratchet things back. So I almost want to think 2013 might have been the year that things got a little bit loose. And 2014's the year it got all tight. Now, I could be wrong on that because 2013 was also the year, isn't it, that we went to Atlanta with the uh, chips for the men's basketball. So this gets a little wonky. But I think that's what it did. Um, so 2013. So I'll go back to this Northwest Conference conversation. 2013, they shipped a team out, sent them to Emory. Um, interesting Whitworth men did that one year too, but it was for different reasons. 2014, they kept them all at home. So I'll go back to the question we had on Hoopsville. What would happen? You know what? Maybe there is a chance that they could ship one of those men's teams out. By the way, Northwest Conference women can, by the way, um, we'll see what happens tonight. Whitman's taking on George Fox. If Whitman were to beat George Fox, I think there's a chance that that three teams could get in again. Um, it, so 
and you know, there's another factor. Rusty out. They already had to send send Trinity, Texas, somewhere. Yeah, my only problem with that is that's still an extra flight. It's still three flights instead of two. So um, they could have sent a Trinity to, to to Emory. You know what I mean? So yeah, interesting. Um, Daryl. At 23-2014, my Whitworth men ups, women upset George Fox and Whitman to take the AQ. Then all three stayed at home out west in the first rounds of the tourney. You're right, Daryl. But again, as Rusty just reminded me off uh, off air in 2013, they didn't do that. But I have a feeling, because I remember 2014 not being that surprising that they didn't do it. And 2014, really, the, the budget got curtailed a ton. Got really tightened up, especially in 2014 and then into 2015. Uh, York misses another free throw. They trail by three. I think they missed two there with 22 seconds left. So Salisbury's marching down to shoot free throws. We're, we're basically dragging our heels, hopefully, to get an answer from or get a coach on the show. If you So here's it is. Last chance to get questions to me. Either email them, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, tweet them at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville, or on Facebook, Facebook Live especially. Message us. This is your last chance to them to us as time is running out. So, Daryl, we apologize for the confusion. Here's what we're going to say. In 2013, the women, they did send somebody out. In 2014, they kept everybody home. Could they do that on the men's side per your crazy idea of, of upsets? Sure. The budget's a little bit loose. would mean a fourth flight most likely. Um, there's an outside chance they could ship them. There really is. It also depends on what else happens. If they get enough teams in Texas that they can send just one team there and they only need to send one team up to the Northwest, maybe not. Allow it because they can send. It gets tricky. Um, let's say we hold out hope. Let's hold out hope. And I think it could happen again on the women's side that they allow them to fly them somewhere. There's a chance. I don't sit on that side of the fence because I've seen the NCAA have to keep people at home too often. But we are now with a little bit of a bigger budget. We've seen some signs. Football had some signs of a little bit more leniency when it comes to flying. Football is one of the most expensive to fly. So we'll see. Anything is certainly possible. By the way, Salisbury went one for two at the line. They now lead by four with 18 seconds. Go into that game in a moment as there is a timeout. Um, so last check chance to get us questions. A reminder, Sunday we'll be on the air at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We may change that to 5, but I highly doubt it. We'll probably be on at 4, uh, kind of start getting through things, and then we'll start doing our, our elections with the men probably around 5-ish, maybe a little later, and then we'll transition to the women around 7 or a little later than that. Hopefully we're not on the air much later than 10. should probably tell you, the brackets will be coming out. At um, uh, 12.30 next Monday will be the 12.30 Eastern Time bracket. 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time will be the women's bracket. They are announced on NCAA, but we will have the links and the videos at d3hoops.com. And I am proud to say uh, that I will be uh, the, the analyst for that once again from the Hoopsville Studios. I will also add this. Um, in over a week, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. We hope you'll tune into us here at D3 Hoops. Ryan, Scott, Gordon, Mann, and others will join me. Those two, though, in studio. 
uh, and others from around the country will join us as we do a rip, whip around show. We will go to where the games are. We will bring you to those games. We will bring you reactions to those games. We will do our best to cover the division almost in an NFL red zone esque style. And we hope you'll uh, tune in for that. That's next a week from <laughs> no, literally a week away, Friday and Saturday. And then championship weekends are in uh, Grand Rapids and Salem. And I am proud to say, as Salisbury hits a basket to go up six, I think this game's over, but we're going to tune in there just in case. Three hits the rim, nearly uh, and going that out looks of like play. the game is pretty we're much over, it and it's going to be over. So Salisbury's going to win. Five we'll just watch the celebration here. Up by six. Wessner driving in. Can't so Salisbury survives in double overtime. 86 Andrew here from Andrew Sachs. Very, very soon in double overtime. Um, here on Hoopsville. Wow. Um, anyway, I am proud to say that we will be, um, that I will be, um, in Salem once again and on the calls for NCAA.com. There has been a development, might be doing more than, uh, what we have done in the past. Uh, that is, um, something we are looking, are looking to confirm before we get too excited with ourselves, but looking, uh, to, to mention uh, a little bit later, but stay tuned. But we'll have all that. Plus, the Hoopsville pregame and postgame shows will certainly be taking place uh, out there as well. If you are in Salem and you're coming to Salem, um, please let us know and, and wave your hands and say hello. Also, if you are a head coach going to Salem, look for the NA information as to when we will be saying hello to you on our usual sh uh, efforts as well. Um, we will be hearing from Coach Andrew Sachs shortly. I don't want to take our commercial break too soon. Um, so, again, if you've got questions, please let us know. Who is the adult beverage sponsor of the Hoopsville Red Zone show? I don't know, Chris. We should find one. But then NCAA may embrace it. I, I would gut, off, gut feeling tell you we can't have one. Um, but we shall see. So Salisbury moves on. We think they're going to take on Christopher Newport. That Christopher Newport game may be done by now. Um, I'm going to double check it, though. Let's see here. Uh, we check the score out of Christopher Newport and Marymount. There we go. Um, so, again, congratulations to Salisbury who move on. They will take on Christopher Newport. Uh, our graphics are going to say it too because Christopher Newport's lead 62-38 on Marymount with eight minutes left. That would be the most incredible comebacks in any history whatsoever uh, if they were to come back. Marymount, that is, and beat Christopher Newport. So we'll hopefully be hearing from Coach Sachs momentarily, uh, but we will take a break before we do hear from him um, to set that call up. Um, so basically, here it is. We're going to talk to Coach Sachs about this game, Salisbury versus York. So you're going to get a chance to get any questions that you have in at the end. Please email us, tweet us, or Facebook Live us. We'll answer those rash of questions at the end before signing off. After Coach Sachs' interview, we'll answer those questions and sign off for the night. Again, uh, last chance to get questions in. We'll hopefully hear from Coach Sachs sooner rather than later. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. When um, We're actually going to take a break. When we come back, Coach Sachs of Salisbury will join us. You listen to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and NBC Studios. More Hoops all after this.
I used to never really talk, ever.、Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports, and what we can still love about college sports. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University, and from Hope to Calvin, nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played in pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. We've got more schools than division. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this extended version of the show. Not what I had planned <laughs> due to the week I've had, but a great night of basketball nonetheless. One of the most thrilling events definitely had to be the Salisbury finish. Uh, against York, double overtime. These two teams certainly know each other well. They split the regular season, um, and uh, York certainly not a bad team. We told you they would be a tough team, but they aren't the same team we expected. But Salisbury prevails, eighty-six, eighty in double overtime at home to advance to the championship game. We presume against Christopher Newport since they have such a lead over Marymount at this point. And joining us on the City of Salem's Hoopsville Hotline is Andrew Sachs, head coach of the Salisbury 20-ranked Seagulls. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Thanks, Dave. It's great to talk to you again.、Uh, great to talk to you. I said on the air, though you don't know this, if you guys have gone to triple overtime, I was going to say forget it. We're going home.、Uh, you can enjoy the last five minutes. We're going to be by ourselves.、Um, I mean, obviously you knew York was going to be a tough test. They had beat you the、yep. last time out.、Yep. You're a little bit banged up. We'll talk more about that in the long run. Yep. This, from what I was watching, was one heck of a game, though, against two teams who just didn't want to quit. Yep, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's a, it's a typical conference battle. You're playing somebody for the third time in the season. They've you know, they've, they've done a really good job, you know, without Dalton Myers. They spread the floor out and Skamalpo and Lesnar banged some threes for him, and 
and Reich's really taken, you know, kind of like, you know, also last year when Wyatt went out, Jeter stepped up a lot. You know, Reich's done a really good job in Myers' absence. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to have teams to beat in the league next year. They get pretty much everybody back for Wesner. So, when, and when Dalton Myers comes back. So, it's, it's a good win for us. Um, you know, Whitmer came back, you know, for the first time in two and a half weeks. He sprained his ankle really bad against York the last time and played him early in the first half. So, you know, you know, he just lends us, you know, some stability at the guard spot where freshman that, um, you know, right now it's, it's, it's do or die for us. You know what I mean? And uh, it was great to have Justin back. And Jack Ferguson, a sophomore, really stepped up for us today and, and played a lot of quality minutes. So uh, I'm very pleased with our performance. Now you talk about Whitmer being injured. I know Jeter's been banged up. A lot of the other guys yep. have had to transition. When we saw you in Vegas, new point guard yep. uh, in some ways. It's almost been a point guard by committee. Uh, Whitmer, as you point out, got injured the last time you guys saw York. So he's back, but he's not even at 100%. No, um, not, but I tell you what, he got it out. He, he, he just Again, he just does so many little things for us. He's had such a great year um, because you know, last year basically he was a three-point shooter, playoff guy, and you know he's really expanded his game and He's got better defensively. I mean, he's just—he's had a really hell of a year for us. He really has. I feel like you guys have been a little bit on the knife's edge. Uh, York beat you back on January 14th. Christopher Newport beat you again, but then again, you two have split, so not a big deal. But you barely get past York the next time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern Virginia kind of gives you a nail-biter. Then you lose back-to-back on the road, St. Mary's and Frostburg, to close right. out the regular season. As you right. said, kind of a must-win tonight. You guys yep. have your backs against the wall, and I don't think you really felt you would get to that point when I when I touched base with you midseason. No, I mean, you know, we had a 17-point lead against St. Mary's, and for wilted away, and we had a 24-point lead against Frostburg, and it wilted away um, pretty quickly. And you know, we we turned the ball over a lot, and we gave up easy baskets. I mean, you know, so we certainly had plenty of chances to close those games out. We didn't do it, so we put ourselves in this situation, but. You know, like, like I told you earlier in the year, Dave, I, I thought we played a really competitive schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we shot four from the free throw line against Ramapo and lost by one. Um, we played a really good hard and Sims team. is one of the better teams that we played in my two years here. And we had a second-half lead against them, too. I mean, there's, you know, in all of our losses, we've had at least a second-half lead in every game. So, um, you know, no, no one's really come in and blowing us out. So, and we've been in every game, and, and we'll probably come in Christopher Newport for the third time, you know, again this year. So, um, we're looking forward to going down there. Do you have to say anything to the squad to make them understand what's what the stakes are? That listen, you probably they had to make it your... from day one, man. I, I knew. I, to me, in my opinion, I thought twenty-one would be the be the number for us, especially taking two losses out in Vegas. Um, now, you know, we may get in with twenty, depending on things break right, because our SOS will go up with with Newport. Um, you know, obviously, if we win, it, it could get the automatic, but. You know, York's, what, 18-8, and eight, you know, 18-9. and nine. I mean, they're, they're pretty good. They've got some good teams this year, too, and, and their roles have been pretty good. So, you know, you know I, I thought our schedule was good enough. You know, we have some quality wins, you know, against regionally ranked opponents. And, you know, I, I think we know we're certainly one of the best 64 teams there, there. So, especially when we're 100%, so, which hopefully will be, you know, by next week. What do you tell the team ahead of tonight's game with that two-game losing? Must win, must win, must win. You know, it's a must-win Saturday. You know, I, I can't, you know, you know, we're six in the region, and you, you just never know how things break out. I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Yep. I mean, if there are upsets, you know, and then teams are in front of you that win, I mean, you don't know if you're going to get in or not. You know, you, you try to put your team in the best position you can by putting a schedule together where, you know, you hopefully get some wins against really good teams. You play some road games against good teams to get some wins. Playing tournaments against good teams to get some wins. And then you got to do well in your conference. So, 
you know, last week was, you know, a tough week for us, to be honest with you. I mean, we had the two huge leads that we blew, and, you know, we just, uh, you know, we survived two games without Whitmer uh, at home, and we didn't survive them on the road. So we put ourselves in this situation. So we're just going to try to, to do our best on Saturday, and if, if we win, great, we get the automatic. If not, we hope uh, our body of work throughout the season will get us in the tournament. Wyatt Smith continues to lead the way at 15.5 points. Barsakowski, the junior, 12 points. Whitmer, who you pointed out, injured, but back. He's averaging 12 points. And Jeter, the senior, at 9 points. By the way, three of those four are seniors. How much have you had to ride those guys, or have you been able to find guys deeper in the bench who've been able to step up? I wrote them a lot, Dave. Yeah. Pretty good players. <laughs> you know, I wrote them a lot. But, I mean, we've had different guys. I mean, the last time we played Dort had a great game at a double double force. You know, Jack Ferguson had a great game for us tonight. He's hardly played all year. He's had a hamstring injury for about five weeks. So, you know, that this certainly helps us. You know, uh, Nick Giddings has had big games for us freshmen. Uh, Al Leader, our freshman point guard, has some big games for us. So, but those three have to be the constants. And, you know, what, how, how well we do and how we perform, if those three guys play well, we're pretty good. And that's the way it's got to be. I mean, it looks like it's going to be Christopher Newport. I mean, they were blowing out Marymount the last right. time we checked, so we're not we're going to assume that. You certainly know each other well. Uh, the last two seasons, it's been nip and tuck. It's been nip yeah. and tuck for this season as well, down to the both occasions. Whether you win or lose and get in the tournament, to get in is not my point, but just out of curiosity, so you can win the conference title, what do you think you need to do to beat them, especially at their place? Well, you know, we need to play great defense, which honestly, you know, um, our defense has really slipped the last month. Um, we were you know, top five in the country for for a couple months there. It's really been it's gone down. But the two times we played them, you know, we've held them under forty percent. We're under thirty six both teams. But they've also done the same to us. I mean, you're going to see two really good defensive teams. John does a great job. And you know, we got to control daily, which we did well the first game that we beat them. Uh, he hurts a little bit in the second game. Carter hit a big three on us, and ball hit a big threes, a lot of big threes against us in the championship game last year, and. You know, Rayshard Browns play well for them. They got a really good mix of kids, and you know, if we can if we can get them in foul trouble, I, I think that will really really help us because we want to get into their bench. What was the key tonight? The key tonight was 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 going inside the Wyatt and and playing around him. And we got Cheater involved early in the game, and and really the, the key was we're getting getting Whitmer once he got loose. He got two fouls early, so he only played eight minutes in the first half, but he had a really good second half for us. And Wyatt fouled out in overtime and. Barry Bratton stepped for us, another guy that came off the bench for us, had some good games. But, you know, I thought we did a great job on the boards tonight. Um, I thought really over times we played really good defense, and uh, we did a really good job on Scamuffo. Scamuffo had 35 against the last game, so we really limited his looks. I feel like Whitmer is the key because when I saw you against Ramapo and I saw you against no Harden Simmons, he, that's where you guys struggled. Right. Yep, yep, yep. He is the key. I mean, you know, again, I'm not, not taking away from any of those teams. Yakking it up, you know, against Harden Simmons, you know, that game. And, you know, it was, it was tough for us. You know, he's got to play well for us. And he, he even said, he goes, you know, Coach, you know, if I don't play well, I don't know how good we're going to be. I said, no kidding. <laughs> so you got to play well, you know. Yeah. And But, you know, leaders had some good game for us, but he's a freshman. Yeah. And what you're going to get. And, you know, we got guys that, that have been here for, for four years and, you know, Wyatt's been here for two that have had great careers, and I want them to go out as winners, and they're great kids. They've been great to coach, and it's a great culture here, and they're fun kids to be around. And it's we had a great crowd tonight, so it was fun, and we expect a great crowd at Christopher Newport on Saturday. A couple quick more questions, and I'll let you go. Uh, did you ever think at any point tonight the game had slipped away? There were a couple of close chances at the end of regulation and the overtimes. 
Uh, I think when we got down four in the first overtime, I yeah. thought it was, you know, the, but, the, you know, they, they fouled us you know, with some rebounds and trying to outlet the ball, which, which put us the foul line, which, which helped us out. And, and I, again, we, you know, for some reason, we, we're a really good free throw shooting team. We do not shoot free throws well tonight, which is rare for us at home. So, um, you know, we, we didn't shoot free throws well for Osberg. It was I? I can't remember who it was. Uh, one of the offense, uh, one of the players for York had a wide open layup and got called for an offensive charge. How big a call was that one for you guys in overtime? Big, it was big, but you know we did it. So you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you try to again. You know, our, our kids did a really good job defensively. I mean, yeah. they had a they got another call in the overtime where you know they had a moving screen. You know, they were trying to they were trying to it was a counterplay to to, to their. Their their thumb up play where they they screen down for come off and they post up the big kid and it was basically reverse the the, the guard to screen for the big guy to try to flip it and you know he moved so I mean it was it was the right call you know but I mean we've you know officials you know you don't want them to determine the game so sure um, but you know we put ourselves in a position to win it did a good job and you know, we're playing on Saturday I mean in this time of the year it's survival man oh yeah it's all about survival absolutely well coach I really appreciate you coming on please tell Tim Dave, thank you as well. And always Great to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, I was going to say it's good that you're talking to me tonight, right? Versus not talking <laughs> yeah. to me. But as always, we yeah. give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts for those tuning in? For those tuning in, if you if you had to watch the game on on video tonight, it was a great game. It's uh, this is a great time of year. A lot of teams playing for titles, and you know, there's you know, I've been lucky enough to coach at level levels, Division one, two, and three, playing the NCAA tournament. Something kids never forget, and you know, we hope to put our guys there hopefully next week. Very well said, Coach. Good luck on Saturday, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care. Andrew Sachs joining us from the 20th-ranked Salisbury Seagulls. They defeated York of Pennsylvania 86-80 in double overtime today. Uh, uh, Tonight, just game ended. That's why we're so late on the air here. Uh, But a big win for them. They needed that win to to really solidify their chances at an at-large. I think a loss there would have hurt them. Getting the championship game. I think it gives them in good shape. And I think it makes the Mid-Atlantic a little bit deeper than we thought it was. The regional rankings are going to be fascinating. And, yes, reminder, we will see the regional rankings on the other side um, of the brackets, but we will not see them before the brackets. So we're still going to have to to figure things out a little bit blind. But we will see them at the end. We'll get an understanding translated. A quick reminder, we will remind you this on Sunday as well. Here's how this works in the regional rankings. The racks will get together on Sunday morning. Not all games are complete. We understand that. Basically, they kind of set up some scenarios. But the regional rankings are done in the morning, and then the National Committee looks at those regional rankings and makes any adjustments team fit. And that happens every week. They make any adjustments they feel need to be adjusted. So then they readjust it, and there, boom, we got regional rankings for the week four. Then the results versus regionally ranked opponents is recalculated based on the now current regional rankings. That way the data is as date as possible for the committee. The committee then goes back to those regional rankings and re and changes things again. Okay, so let me remind you. The rack gets together Sunday morning. They eventually come out with a regional ranking. Now, there may be some qualifiers there based on any other results that might take place. There aren't. There are more and more title games being played on Sunday, so this is starting to get muddy. Um, but that's what they do. The National Committee, as they always do, then has a call later, looks at those regional rankings, and makes any adjustments they feel necessary. That happens every week. Here's where it changes. 
They then recalculate the results versus regionally ranked opponents based on the new rankings so that all of the data is current. Remember, results versus regionally ranked in the past is always based on the week's rankings. This now updates it to the current rankings. Then the National Committee, using that data, confirms that that's the rankings they want or makes another set of adjustments, removing teams, adding teams, whatever the case may be, based on that new criteria in case it's complex in the conversation. That is called the selection rankings, which are the final rankings, and those are the ones we will see after the brackets are announced. Again, brackets announced at 12.30 Eastern Time p.m., on Monday, I can tell you now from experience that those rankings are done far sooner than that, and the show is put together sooner than that. The women's then is then done at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and those are how those are done. Uh, so this is the last chance for questions or anything along those lines. We are now perusing to make sure we're not missing a question. If you have a question for us, otherwise, we will be back on the air Sunday at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. Um, is, is where we're looking at four o'clock Eastern time at this point is where we're looking at things for, uh, starting our Sunday show to do our own mock selections. Reminder, then the selections will be followed by bracketing on d3hoops.com as well. So again, just double checking to make sure we don't have any other questions of people who may just have some. I know Chris is fascinating to know what's in the Dasani cups. Where do I have Dasani cups around here? Oh, he's referring to the NCAA stuff. Fair point, Chris. Maybe we should get some Dasani cups for the uh, studio. Um, so that's going to do it. Looks like there is no other questions. Really appreciate it. Uh, we will obviously be taking a ton of questions on Sunday's show. But if you have questions before then, you can email us or tweet us or whatever the jazz. That's going to do it for us. One thing. Salisbury, especially for getting uh, Andy Sachs on the show. I want to th thank Scott Geis, who was also on standby, for getting uh, Coach Matt Hunter in case York had won that game. Also, want to thank uh, Eric McDougal. Jeez, oh, I'm, I'm, how sad is that? Um, I'm making up names of a very famous uh, sports information <laughs> director uh, at York. Uh, at York, jeez, now my, you can tell I've been ill this week. My brain is fried. Um, I want to McDowell. Eric McDowell at Union. Sorry, Eric. I know you so well. Um, but thank you for getting Chris Murphy on the show. Thanks to Wags for coming on the show. And thank you for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. We're going to sign off for the night. Um, we'll be back on the air Sunday. As I said, whoa, whoa, hold on. Might have gotten one more question. No, we did not. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate the time that you took. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you here on Sunday. Hopefully we'll be a little closer to 100% when we do. You've been listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. The WBCA and ABC Studios. Thanks to D3Hoops.com for their fair support along with the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Also want to thank uh, George Fox for their advertising and others of you who've donated to the Hoopsville fundraising campaign. There's only a few days left. Any little bit makes a large difference. Also want to thank the City of Salem, sponsors of the uh, hotline, but of course, men's basketball championship tournament sponsors, along with the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. Please go to Salem and enjoy some basketball. We'll be there with the show. Let us know if well. Good night, everybody. We'll see you on Sunday.